Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, it's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're Graps a D here to talk craps. And I hope everybody has had themselves a happy, happy Thanksgiving and got whatever shopping they've got to get out of their system over Black Friday done and made sure that they shop black this past Friday. Uh, and if you didn't, there's still a chance. But otherwise, folks, this is Grapsity and I'm Will Washington, but I'm not alone here because there's Mr. Phil Lindsay right over here. I'm here. Um, you can't always go and buy some Grapsity merch if you're looking to get your Black Saturday purchases. <laughs> Let's go. Shop.fightful.com. Check out our merch there. Support you. Support your boys. <laughs> also here is Righteous Reg. Yo, what's good? What's good? What Phil was trying to say is when you're down with Grapsity, every day is Black Friday. So keep it going. <laughs> get you some Grapsity merch. Get your girl a shirt. Get your guy a shirt. Get your person a shirt. Get your mom a shirt. Get somebody a Grapsity shirt, some merch. Represent for the boys. Hey, we appreciate y'all being here on a Saturday. I've been lazy for two days. Turkey has taken toll of my body and i'm just in been a relaxing mode i don't even know if there yeah. could be i'm trying to get excited because i'm like man this turkey has me in the katahajime shout out to taz 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, I have one last bite here that I'm gonna eat on air because uh, it's my my last bite of pie. <laughs> oh, dirt! <laughs> I can see all the chats now, so this will be different. That's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're looking at the chat, and um, hey, send us your chats. Um, you can send us your super chats. You can send us your humper chats as well. Humperchats.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and. Uh, Send those along. We'll read them right here on the show. We read them across the board. They help support what we do here, and we always appreciate them. Um, and we got a couple of super chats in already. Uh, Ryan says, "I have no idea why Reg and Will are dealing with notorious dirt sheet writer." <laughs> 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 dirt hey, cheater, man. man. Dirt <laughs> sheet. Uh, sheet bullshit, man. man. And you know, it's already its own topic, but. Uh, King of Gabe says uh, the exchange between Punk and MJF has me real has me excited to see what they do next week. Ooh, uh oh, I see Reg's face already. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this one. Um, and then we have D'Lo Diggs squad here to relax before a show. I have down here. Oh, a show I have down here. Okay, cool. uh, let's go, um, baby. Let's go, D'Lo. Here's for a great show and that righteous rage. <laughs> righteous race go baby hey good luck tonight d-lo um everybody yeah. keeps saying about rig i don't know if there's anything to rage about this week nothing happened no, that was driving me crazy like there's some things that i'm like yeah i don't know actually if we talk about rome yeah there is you're right okay. yeah, there, you got, i just remembered what happened about. so like let's rewind back let's go and then uh, Matt says, uh, popping on to say hey to my boys before Ohio State versus Michigan, praying for the good sis Jesse Davin. Um, yeah, I will say there's not a whole lot I've been thinking about elsewise other than my dear friend Jesse, um, who uh, I think most people are aware I've been pretty good friends with for a few years. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, send her your love because uh, um, things didn't take a great turn this week. And uh doing is hoping and praying yeah shout out to jesse um and of course uh, everybody uh, yeah support and brent says happy turkey uh weekend gentlemen you know what let's just bring it to our first topic all right because uh there's there's a lot to talk about but folks we got a little holiday here called thanksgiving can't be hateful gotta be grateful uh so thanksgiving how was everybody's? <laughs> I, um, it was the usual. I, I, I tweeted this yesterday, but I feel like it wouldn't be Thanksgiving if your family isn't annoying. And, you know, <laughs> they always find a way to. to be annoying. Like, it's just always, it's always a thing. Um, but, no, it was cool. Um, it was very low-key. Um, I, of course, came back home to phone calls and goofiness. This Again, it's the holiday. So, uh-huh. yeah. Silly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here on location still, Thanksgiving, in Bakersfield, California. Good old Bakersfield, California. It's awful here. I drove four hours to get here. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. I ate a bunch of turkey, talked crazy with my mom, my grandmother. My grandmother was just saying all the wildest stuff a grandmother <laughs> would say. I'm sure she's pretty – she's close to 80 years old, so she was saying things that an 80-year-old would say, and it was – it was wild. It was wild. So, you know, Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving, like Phil said. It's uh, turkey, ham, and some annoying family members. That's just how it goes. Man. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I saw people talking about the audacity of white people online, and I said, hey, what is Thanksgiving if not a day to celebrate the audacity of white people? I mean, <laughs> that is Thanksgiving, right? We dedicate a whole day to it. Yeah, I, um, 
Yeah, and I, I will say that as a result. I, I am near, near Oildale, buddies, <laughs> people's grocer. Telling you, <laughs> never come to Bakersfield ever. So I've only heard Bakersfield stories because my family lived in Bakersfield, uh, I guess, till right before I was born. Because I was born in Los Angeles, um, okay. but my brother was born in Bakersfield. And I guess that's where my family lived up until we moved to L.A. And then that's where I was born. Um, and so I only hear stories. And my dad always talks about it as, uh, oddly enough, he always talked about it as a place with no black folks. But, of course, that was in the uh, <laughs> the 80s. Don't know if that's changed. Still the uh, same. <laughs> yeah. I go uh, wake up in the morning when I look in the mirror. That's the only black person I'm about to see today besides my mom. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, there ain't no black people here. They pushed us all out how they push people out. Um, guess there used to be, but I haven't seen a black person that's not my family member in like years so that's what it is that's why i'm gonna be kicking it out here bakersfield exactly what you everything you've ever heard is true that place oil dale that somebody said in the chat is awful they create meth i think was created there like meth the drug they created there they have nothing but meth house explosions all the time yo you will get stabbed if you go out there if you're a black person it's wild it's a wild place be careful but I mean, uh, I live in Oakland, California, so I mean, <laughs> the game is crazy. So. Yeah, it's because like I think about, uh, I don't know. The only thing I think of when I think of Bakersfield is Booker T getting beat up in a supermarket because yep. that's where that took That's our place. thing. I was at that show, that <laughs> hey. Green Frog Market. Man, shout out to Green, Green Frog. Frog Market. Yeah, that's the shot. That's where they shot it at. So yeah, yeah, we had a couple of uh, really cool moments in wrestling and that's probably the number one because everybody remembers that they still play that yeah every I, single I, year <laughs> it never fails they're going to show that video somehow i mentally associate that with bakersfield like mm-hmm. every time i hear bakersfield i'm like oh yeah we're booked got beat up in the supermarket right um so yeah i guess shout out to bakersfield for that yeah i had uh I, we had a, a huge thanksgiving anybody who saw my instagram um it was it was a mixture of folks uh because we have black folks, we have white folks, we had them all over. Because my uh, my daughter's friends uh, came over, and their parents came, and this was like our first like. And my family was there as well. Like everybody was there, and uh, my mother in law came in, and my brother in law has been living with us for the last two months, so he was there. This was just like a a complete mixture of people, and we spent all we spent two days cooking. Who am I kidding? Because uh, uh, my wife and I we made. Um, three pies sorry five five pies three pumpkin pies we're pumpkin pie people i know like there's the whole debate online but here's the thing we eat sweet potatoes we eat sweet potatoes at thanksgiving i cannot i don't well not just that but like at thanksgiving we make like a whole thing of sweet potatoes so like i don't necessarily see the need to have sweet potatoes and then Uh, also uh, have sweet potato uh, look them shits are the same to me i don't know why there's a debate like if you put a pumpkin pie and a sweet potato pie i'll be like yo these are two pies to me what do you want from me you guys i've never eaten pumpkin pie in my entire life wow (laughs) not once uh so my sweet potato pies have you had uh this this is a Come on, man. This is every year, man. Like there, you like a thousand. I'm black. Listen, they're not sweet potato pie. Like there's a problem. Like I feel like somebody has to go to another house to figure this out. Like right. we can't just lie to sweet potato pie. What's happening? Yeah, because so last year was the first year we made um, sweet potato or pumpkin pie, and it was because uh, we've just never really been like big pie make we haven't really been big bakers until like the last two years mm-hmm. but 
it, my wife discovered a couple years ago that she uh, has a gluten intolerance and mm. uh, and a dairy intolerance. Go figure. Ooh. She's lactose intolerant and uh, she has gluten intolerance. And, right. Like so, really, that like kills a whole lot of Thanksgiving food unless you want to get creative. So, uh, she started experimenting with a gluten-free, dairy-free pumpkin pie, and like shit tastes store-bought. It like and and I mean that in a good I mean that in a good way. Like right. it, like everybody who tries it, we don't tell them until after they've taken the first bite and like, oh, where'd you get this? And we're like, homemade, no gluten, no dairy, it's fucking perfect. It's vegan. Um, yeah it is vegan. Uh, <laughs> um it is and uh yeah we uh and so yeah we made pies on tuesday and then we made apple pie uh wednesday i'm not like a big apple pie guy uh i think cherry pie is the worst pie but like i she's my cherry pie <laughs> something 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 white guy <laughs> 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 it's gonna be I, one of those today you yeah. guys i'm telling yeah. you that's just like, that's how it is but yeah we the only problem we had with our thanksgiving was so if we made the turkey obviously we hosted so we had a whole lot of people over we made the turkey we made uh green bean casserole like all this stuff and for whatever reason we just kind of assumed that somebody because we had so many people coming was gonna bring like a mac and cheese and nobody did nobody did hey everybody assumed that somebody else was gonna do it because like that's like you know a given somebody's gonna right. do it it's and then we're there. all here and we're like what do you mean nobody did um i will say um it's those debates online man yeah it's got everybody like <laughs> yo yeah should yeah, i bring like, the mac and cheese piece somebody might not like the mac and cheese i don't know it's it's, it's a debate this year I yeah think. it's so nobody brought it and so we didn't have mac and cheese at all at thanksgiving and it felt weird to not have it um i will say uh, my wife also makes like an incredible cranberry sauce she's been making that for years she made like nine jars of it uh it was just like giving it to people everybody's like damn this is so good she's like here take some (laughs) you you, you hear that kasim we're looking right at you on your twitter talking about Mm -hmm. cranberry sauce can get out of here we're looking right at you (laughs) you (laughs) here. Well, no, it was a good time. We, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving. We watch football and we, you know, everybody just kind of sits around. Like the kids all had fun because uh, my daughter had her friends over. Uh, I will say I got to make some friends who have like boys because my son is like all alone. It was it was mm. all girls in him, and uh, they all. I don't. I think he has no problem with that, obviously. But like, I think they all want him to go away. <laughs> And I'm like, what do you do with that, right? So yeah, it was a good time. And I I, I posted to Twitter, and I do this every year because it is a tradition in my home. We watch Adam's Family Values every year. That movie came out uh, November of 93. I saw it in theaters. I think it was at uh, the Fallbrook Mall in uh, Los Angeles, which I don't even think is there anymore. Um, but uh watched that movie every year at Thanksgiving. And... It never gets old. There's like always a joke in there that because it's like that movie is just like constant like wit, and there's always a joke in there that I don't catch, uh, and then or that I didn't catch before after watching it for 27 years. Because literally, there's one line where um, cousin its wife uh, Margaret when she reveals their baby and she goes what and uh, she's like oh, I didn't say anything. She's like no, that's the baby's nickname. What from the obstetrician. 
never hit me that until literally two days ago that oh duh because when the baby was born the obstetrician went what and mm -hmm. like never hit me at all that was one of those jokes that went over my head for 27 years uh because i saw the movie when i was six and it just hit me long now. time <laughs> so either way all one of my all-time favorite movies i watch it every year at thanksgiving but hey um i will say though nobody brought anything bad that is the bottom line here is that everybody's food was good. <laughs> That's good. It's always that it's always that one year. Um, yeah, I, I I remember um, for some reason um, I had a friend that doesn't eat pork right, and she came one year, and uh, my auntie likes to put bacon on everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, bacon on everything. So for some reason she made like dressing and there was bacon in it. Don't know why. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> our friend was sitting there. With, she was like, hey, did you taste my food? And she was like, nah. And and she was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, why? And so I was just kind of like boating over her like, nah, she's not eating it. And so she said, well, why? And I said, she doesn't eat pork. And she was like, there's no pork in Turkey. And I was like, we're moving on now. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can't explain oh, some things you can't explain, especially I, to like certain a certain generation of black people, black aunties. Listen, like you just but, like you just gotta let it go. Throw, you're... throw the chitlins away. Right. <laughs> throw them away. Those they are the scraps. Never... We don't have to eat those scraps anymore, man. You we don't have to do it balls. anymore. We've I don't want to hear it's time to clean them. I don't want to see that mm -mm. red bucket. Mm -mm. Throw that shit in the garbage. It's man. nasty. It don't smell good. It don't taste good. Like, what are we doing here? Why does the uh, house got to stink for two days? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ryan Sullivan. He said, uh, okay, Reg, now tell us where the other drugs come from. Hmm, that's a great question. Columbia, I think, is where cocaine comes from. I don't hey, know. Man. The, what the movies tell you. Shout out to, <laughs> to Joe. Just with a shout out joe's just um, like yeah what's up hey, well hey, actually hey. he had a chat afterwards so we'll, we'll read both since he donated and uh he said pecan pie for the win in my household uh my grandmother made us take home a bunch but i'm like who be eating pecan pie bro i don't know what this is <laughs> yeah I, i'm not a big pecan pie guy yeah, I'm, I'm not i don't know i don't like pies to be like super sweet and i think that's why i like pumpkin pie uh, I'm sorry, I'm a pumpkin pie dude. Uh, but right. again, I eat sweet potatoes, so it's not like I'm out without sweet potatoes in my life. Right. Um, and so that's that. But anyway, I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving because uh, our ours was uh, ours was nice. It was cool, and um, yeah, there was there was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of wrestling conversation at Thanksgiving because. Um, swerve was released and so like my dad's like asking me uh he's like so so what's the deal what's the deal with my nephew what's gonna happen and i'm like you know what <laughs> I, I who knows good question, uh, yeah. Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh um but it was a topic of discussion uh, i will say that uh fuck with my family it's fuck wwe at thanksgiving let's go uh, <laughs> Let's go. It's forever. That's that's how it's it was. Uh, so it was. Your dad's like, is it thirty days? Is it ninety days? <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. dirt sheet dad. Yeah. Dirt sheet dad. <laughs> 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 I, 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 yeah, I, I told my dad, I was like, hey, it's ninety days. You're gonna have to wait till 
February at best to to know what's gonna happen anywhere. And then my dad's like, I just hope like my dad has this like weird hate for Ring of Honor. And then uh and wow. he's just like, I just hope it's not Ring of Honor. And I said, Well, nobody signed with Ring of Honor right now. And he said, Good, I don't want to see anybody go to Ring of Honor. Wow, Nursey, and- <laughs> dad does not like he don't like I mean uh, he is like I think my dad just is a nut for production. And so he's just like, uh, and you know, uh, and maybe it's just older folks thing. Um, but my dad is very much a local TV watcher. Uh, so he likes to just like channel surf, just like local TV networks. And of course, when he comes across ring of honor on Sinclair, uh, he'll stop and watch for a little bit. And then he'll just be like, man, this is the lousiest production. I can't even (laughs) do (laughs) it. And then he'll he'll turn it off and then call me to like complain about Ring of Honor. Like it's like it's not, not the best. Yeah, it's not the best. He is just not a fan. And I'm like, Dad, it's it's indie wrestling. Um, right. And he's like, No, they are owned by a major corporation. They got money. I want to see better. And the and, pandemic, it got even worse because they like lost the crowds and like mm-hmm. it just visually, it's not very pleasing. I'll admit yeah. that too. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of those things where if you're not like invested, then right. I can see that. Uh, and shout out to Chris. Uh, I said, "Happy holidays, guys." Uh, I paid five dollars to ask Will how far is he with It Takes Two. Um, not too far. Like I, I said, we've probably I haven't gotten to play it since I, I talked to you, Chris. But we're um, I think maybe three stages in, maybe four. Um, but you guys are talking about the Mary Kay Ashley Olsen movie. <laughs> Yeah, we're like, we're watching it in phases. No, we're talking about the video. (laughs) Whoa, that's weird. That's a long, I'm like, that's a long, I don't think the movie's that long. You got to watch it. You just pop it in. Talking about the video game. I mean, it's cool if you haven't played it. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best co-op experiences I've played. Um, And it is a game that absolutely requires two people. There is no single player option. You have to play it with somebody else. And I started it with my son. Uh, just to we were looking for something co-op to play and chris had suggested it. he had suggested that i play it with my wife and she's not like a big gamer and so uh she my son has way better dexterity dexterity than her and she's or he's uh seven uh so um she was like i'll watch him play it so we've been playing it and it's really good like the just the amount of every single aspect of the game requires teamwork uh and just like thinking a little bit together, like the first boss you face, uh, you have to like one person has to like vacuum up these bombs and the other one has to aim to launch. Everything requires two people's function to play it. And it's it's really good for that. If you haven't well, played it turned it, into a father son bond- bonding moment, too. So, yeah, so it's cool. Uh, if you haven't it, played, it takes you like it got rave reviews. I think like IGN gave it a nine. Um, it's it's really good, I would say. Uh, and then the fact that there's so much variety, like those fir- the first stage is like just a straight up like Mario style platformer. And I mean that in the sense of like it controls very much like Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, but then the game like changes up in just different ways of how it plays. Uh, and the reason I recommend it is because if you have like Game Pass, uh, you don't have to buy it. It's there. Game cool. Yeah, it's in Game Pass. So uh highly recommend it takes two and and i got the recommendation from chris so shout out to chris uh who i only remembered to go download it because he had straight up said just give it a try so thank you chris uh and then mon e 
says, uh, did anybody else catch Dax Harwood quoting Andre 3000 at the end of that promo on Rampage last night? I still had family over, and it was one of those promos where everybody was talking. And <laughs> that's the one thing I really appreciate about AEW. Um, as a matter of fact, had I had family over Wednesday, that'll be our next topic, uh, I would have been extremely frustrated because <laughs> everybody around just like talks, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody's just talking through everything. And like, if I'm trying to watch wrestling, at least with AEW, there's not a whole lot of promo stuff going on. And if I'm just trying to appreciate a match, I can appreciate that with people talking around me. Whereas like, if there's a promo going on, I can't hear what's being said. So I'm curious what the line was. Cause I, that promo, there was literally people around me talking and I didn't hear anything anybody said during that promo. I guess you guys didn't catch it either. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I was like cooking or some reheating some food while it was happening. So it was <laughs> same thing. It was just like on, and I wasn't like really paying attention. I was more focused on the matches just because. Yeah, and I, the same day I was watching the matches, uh, and I wanted people to stop talking, but I'm not going right. to do that. It's Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I was I was there for Rampage, so I had Rampage on, but I didn't watch every minute of it because I was like, well, I've seen all the matches, so I don't mm-hmm. need to sit here and watch all of it. I had it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brent uh, said, FTR and Lucha Bros about to have two matches with four falls in two days. Madness. Yeah, they got the two out of three falls match on uh, Friday. And then Saturday, they have uh, the AAA match for the, the AAA tag titles. Crazy. So gonna that's go going to be, it's gonna be nuts. But hey, we are going to talk about some wrestling. The first topic we're going to do here, though, we actually have to talk about fans. Fans in the building. Oh, that's unfortunate. Hey, man. <laughs> Shout out to Seth, man. I think Seth handled that like a pro. Um, I, I mean, first of all, I didn't even notice it right away because mm. I didn't watch Raw. I'm just going to mm. do that. I didn't watch Raw. Um, so I saw the clip of it first, and I saw it from an angle where I saw you could see the guy running all the way from his seat, which this guy ran a long way. Like, he really wanted to smoke. Um <laughs> So I just saw the angle first, and then I saw the angle that was on TV of him coming on screen. And I was like, what? And so, you know, I've seen several clips of this thing from several different angles, from either fans, uh, whatever. And let me tell you, fans, stay in your seat, man. I I don't want to hear any of this, oh, you know, stay in your seat, lest you're going to get in there and catch your ass whooping. Just stay in your seat in general. Stay in your seat. There's no reason for you to jump the barricade. Uh, I mean, so it, I I was watching Raw at the time when this happened. And it was one of those things where I, like, looked down or looked off. And I caught it, like, out the corner of my eye. I, like, looked up. And I see Seth Rollins on the ground. But I see somebody on top of him. And I'm like, that didn't look like anybody who was from the show. But, you know, maybe that'll be explained uh, as they cut to the, the replay of what had just taken place. And then we come back. And Seth is standing up, and I'm like, I don't think that was supposed to happen, whatever that was. And I turn to Twitter, and I I see the rest of it. So, uh, and of course, I think we all have this moment whenever something stupid on TV happens. But I'm like, please don't be black. Please don't be black. And then, of course, he's black, and I'm like, ah. Yeah. Oh, listen. man. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, so there was that issue. Uh, but then... I'll say this. This whole discussion has um there's been a whole lot of talk about uh the etiquette of fans and uh and like you know 
how we as fans should deal with these things, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and then guys, social media comes out and it's kind of clear this dude was an exception to like every rule. Right. The dude got like completely catfished by right. somebody that he thought was Seth Rollins. Um, and he posted screenshots and like his proof that it was actually Seth Rollins was that dude said, I'm Kobe Lopez. And he's like, oh, well, then he, he's obviously <laughs> he's <legit>. Seth. Right. <laughs> he's legit. Uh, right. <laughs> and so, um, and of course, dude scammed him out of money. And so he was like, well, I got to go take this up with Seth Rollins. And, uh, and he got it. And he posted the video saying he got it. He did it for his family, blah, blah, blah. I did um, it for the rock. I did it for the you rock. I did it for, uh, <laughs> I did it for my tribal chief. Um, like you know clearly... what? an interesting point was brought up to me earlier this week. They maybe should play a disclaimer at the beginning of live events. There's never, they've never once in their life said as a fan, don't come in here. Don't come yeah. in the ring. Don't come in here. They've never said that. They've said, don't try this at home, blah, 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 all these things, but they've never played a disclaimer that says fans, this is a live show. These are characters. Do not try to come in here and fight these people. Maybe if they yeah, said this but, out loud and change a little something, that's, but that's kind of common sense, though. Don't you? Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> but, the, but, but we're not dealing with common sense, Phil. No. You're acting like these, these aren't regular common sense people. These are people. This that, is also true. You know, so sometimes they have to see it with their eyes. Like, okay, this is a show. I'm not supposed to do this. That's a character. That's not Colby Lopez or whatever. So, but like. Will said this guy was a different exception to the rules. It's even a touchy subject, subject to even talk about because there's like so many factors involved, so many things that change. It's not just like a regular person, fan in their right state of mind jumping out to fight Seth Rollins. This is like some other things going on. So like just don't do it. If you're in your right state of mind and you're not trying to beef with wrestlers, don't go in the ring. Because we will get punched. Yeah, we talked about in spaces. There was the other guy uh, who who tried to jump MJF and Chris Jericho. And he wasn't so much in, I mean, obviously, if you try to jump the rail and you're not in the right state of mind at all. But, like, he was trying to send a message. He was like, you know, I want to be done with all this outlaw mud show stuff, death to AEW, yeah, blah, some, blah, blah, blah. We're talking different stuff. You're on some Jim Cornette stuff. Like, yeah, you just he, need to get in the ring, please. Make, make sure Wardlow's in there. Maybe, like, <laughs> I was going to say New Jack, but he did. But, like, make sure there's somebody hard in there when you jump in there to get your ass beat, Jim yeah. Cornette fans. Yeah, and, and this dude, like, you know, he was – that guy was was something else because he was trying to send a message uh and and then even then like you know cornet and all them like straight were straight up like not that way don't yeah don't don't jump the railing he's dumb jim cornet but he's still gonna be like hey it's wrestling i don't want fans running in here you know yeah i mean he he's from the era where you know he remembers where people have tried to stab wrestlers exactly like he he knows how bad that can get well and the hard thing is uh well it's funny because that's one of jim Cornette's talking points because he kind of can't have it both ways right like he loves to talk about the fact that uh every time i see a clip that comes across uh, comes my way because as a Hikaru Shida fan, people go out of their way to send it to me every single time he's got something to say about her. Um, and uh, and then I get mad and then share it myself. So I guess I'm guilty. But uh, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, one of his favorite points is, though, that uh, you're not an actual heel if fans aren't trying to harm you. 
Uh, it, like he says it all the time. He's just like, look at all these fake heels. Kenny Omega's a fake heel because all the fans are booing him, but they're just playing along. He's like, the fans need to truly it's hate not you. Not 1988. Oh, He's yeah. like, the fans need to truly it's, hate you. Man, the fans need because like he had a problem with the fact that when Darby and MJF got into the crowd for that brawl and he's like nobody tried to attack MJF so he's not a real heel like that was he said that and i thought like you're encouraging the kind yeah. of shit that like mm-hmm. when you look at dude from monday you know take away kind of all the other things like at the end of the day like dude bought into shit that like isn't real right um and you don't want people to do that because uh, ultimately, That's I just bad. want a show that goes off without any hitches on right. TV. Um, yeah, I don't care how you necessarily get, or if whether the heat is legit because people genuinely hate you, or the heat is people playing along. As long as it's heat, who gives a shit? Uh, and that's that's typically how I like, feel. bro. We're not trying to punch Tom Cruise when we see him be, for what he did in a movie. That's it's the same thing. Like, you can't it, it, be exactly. like punching MJF when he it's, comes into the crowd because show. he got you mad. It's a show, man. Come on, it, yeah. it's, it's a show. And I, I mean, man, to really take this in another direction, I don't want to make this into a uh, oh, wrestling fans are horrible, but a lot of you guys are very annoying. Let's <laughs> just put this out there. <laughs> you guys are very, very annoying. these are the facts, bro. and um. Like, I just feel like there are some fans that, A, take this stuff way too seriously, and they take these things way too personally. Like, there's no reason for you to be getting mad enough to run in and attack Seth Rollins. Like, that's just stupid. Um, And, I mean, the same thing we see on Twitter all the time. There's no reason for you getting mad enough at a wrestling opinion where you're harassing people online or, you know. Creating fake accounts. Yeah, you know, creating burners and all this other stuff. It's stupid. Um, Following people to their hotels and all this other stuff. Fans need to chill out. Like, seriously. Like, I feel like people have definitely gotten way out of order. And I feel like this is part of it. Like, I feel like fan culture feels entitled in a lot of ways. And it's a big problem. I feel like they think people are entitled to agree with their takes. I think people feel like they're entitled to your time. And you're not. You're not. And this is the thing that I've been tweeting for the last few days because I saw someone tweet something about Naomi last night and people jumped all over him. Hey, everybody doesn't have to love Naomi because you love her. Right. I'm sorry, Stan Culture, but mm-hmm. that's just not how the world works. You're mm-hmm. not entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can disagree with people and act like a normal human being. It's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I, I've kind of taken um my stance on social media lately, at least the last like year or two, I've I've tried not to create uh, beefs, especially publicly with people, um, as much as like like I I don't because it's all wrestling. Like who cares, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like don't attack people. Like you can attack takes. I think I think if you're coming after takes, that's one thing. But like at the end of the day it's just somebody's opinion about tv man and like ultimately you know if it's like uh hey i didn't like this well hey i did like this and like keep it about the takes itself you know uh, somebody thought um for example when i was uh i i posted a reply to the north american championship take that it was the blackest championship thing right and like um and i i was kind of accused of going after the person who posted it I don't give a shit who posted it. Right. Um, I didn't even realize who posted it when I did a search for North American Black Championship. Like, literally, I just did a search for the most prominent post when I quote tweeted it, right? But I was coming after the take because uh, that's it. At the end of the day, it's just the take that I'm 
that I'm discussing. And like, we all have different takes and I've had takes that in hindsight, I disagree with, like at the end of the day, they're just takes. And I think that if we keep it about just the takes and not make it personal, then I think it becomes more fun. And I think there's right. a lot of people there who understand that, right? Um, yeah. That at the end of the day, hell, there's stuff on this show we may end up coming to disagreements on. Definitely. It's just going to be our it's, takes. It's and like, as there's yeah. tweets too, man. Sometimes I just be getting a tweet off. It's like, not yeah. even, there's not exactly. a lot behind right. it. So I'm just like bored in my house. So this this is what I saw with this Naomi thing. Somebody retweeted this thing and goes, wrestling journalism is not a real thing. And I was like, you're responding to that by getting mad at a tweet. A tweet is not news. It mm -hmm. is a take. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these people that write about wrestling or they get on their podcast and talk about wrestling. If I'm just sitting at home and I'm live tweeting, I'm just tweeting what I'm thinking at the moment. Yep. That has no bearing on how I do my job. None of these yeah. topics, my take changed like five minutes it, exactly. later. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, I, I'm, there's nothing. Yeah. A lot of these people are doing what everyone does. They're either having fun and watching a show and they're tweeting. Like, they're just responding to the show in real time. Now, there are people's accounts that do that. Whatever, Fightful's account does it. You know, Wrestling Inc. Most of these news sites live tweet now. And people are like, mm -hmm. oh, well, this outlet is terrible because I don't like their live tweeting. They're live tweeting and what they cover on their site and how people write for their site are not the same thing. Nope. You know, I don't know. People just find a way to conflate things all the time. And it's very weird to me. And I also feel like people get in this wrestling journalism conversation. And there's a lot of talking points from people that don't write anything, that don't podcast anything, that don't record anything, that have a lot to say about what we should and shouldn't do. Um, and that goes back to the stuff with Seth. Fans. You don't know everything. It's okay. It's okay for some time for you to be like, I don't know. And I feel like people are just so in, I can do everything. I know everything about everything. And internet culture is, oh, I can just type this up and look it up. So that means that I'm knowledgeable about everything. No, you're not. Nope. <laughs> no, you're not. Nope. Just because you have a friend that's in wrestling, that doesn't mean anything. Dude. Some of you don't even have friends. You just listen to somebody else that's in the business talk about the biz. So now you think you are an authority about what goes on in the business. Right. No, you're not. That's mm -hmm. why somebody joked with the dirt sheet thing because people always want to throw around dirt sheet. Hey, listen, dirt sheet's a data data term. There there are no dirt sheets anymore. No, there are there are news sites that um that are that act as dirt sheets still, but the term dirt sheet where that came from, it's done. It's dead. Mm -hmm. There's no and not dirt just that, anymore. but I think people <laughs> misunderstand what dirt sheets were and exactly. also yeah, and then not just that, but like what dirt was uh mm -hmm. because like um uh, fightful select posting the um uh, the planned segments for the upcoming raw or smackdown as sean gets those every week that's not dirt mm -mm. that is not dirt whatsoever mm -mm. um like people forget what like dirt was back in mm -hmm. the day because we don't have that kind of stuff anymore they because everything here they didn't see it no, yeah. the wrestlers don't care about Sean Rossap posting about what's going to happen on Raw. The wrestlers care about like them posting my contact status or like them posting me getting wild in Mexico and I thought nobody was gonna that hear kind about of it. stuff like, was was dirt. Like stuff. that's right. yeah. Dirt. When we talked about personal stuff, when like there were stories of wrestlers court and things like that, like mm -hmm. that stuff was dirt. Mm -hmm. 
those stories don't really exist that much anymore. Because no. um, even like contract status, like if you have a contact in the WWE office, for example, that stuff's kind of easy to get your hands on. I mean, um, contract and... stuff is covered in every sport. Right. right. Every <laughs> <Yeah>. sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like that's, uh, but on the other hand, like somebody, I mean, the entire, our entire understanding up until it started getting like real coverage of the plane ride from hell for example mm-hmm. was all dirt that's right, all exactly. we had was kind of the hearsay of people who were around it and got um and, and it was like little pieces and you kind of had to start to piece together what happened based on who published this story who published this story and luckily like the torch and the observer all the outlets that were around at the time still have that stuff so you can kind of go back and see like what our understanding of that kind of stuff was at the time but that was really dirt what you call dirt sheets now which is just like news um it's it's not, not it, it isn't um it, it and here's exactly. the thing i i'm not saying I, I, and i think uh just to kind of uh add to what phil was saying um because i think uh and correct me if i'm wrong but like we're not putting ourselves above any of that. We're not, no. say, yeah, you know, no, we we're... see ourselves kind of in the same exact light that mm-hmm. we're talking. Like, yeah, of no. course we know people in the biz, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that we have, that there's we're... so much that we don't yeah. know. Yeah, A exactly. Lot. Listen, I say all the time, you don't have to agree with me. You mm-hmm. don't have to agree with anything I say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the authority on anything. Um, but I just think that people think, you know, people get in front of these microphones or, you know, get behind a keyboard and it's like, oh, well, you know, now I can put this target on them for everything that I don't like if they don't validate my opinions. Like, no, no, you can always do what you tell them to do. Hey, you don't have to cover something if you don't like it. Hey, if you don't like somebody's take on something, don't read it. Right. Don't watch their podcast. Move on. Go and look for the podcast that satisfies you. It's a simple, it's a simple <laughs> solution to that. I mean, there's and there's also people still doing dirt sheets like Ringside News wants to be a dirt sheet site. So I mean, they yeah, a bunch but, of dirt, but it's never true because they're awful and they suck. I just want to say Ringside News sucks on a podcast. I love I mean, they they, yeah, they're awful. Stop they all suck. that garbage. Stop the capping. Leave it alone. Nobody cares and nobody likes you. The only fame you're getting is me talking about you right now. Uh, remember when all these wrestlers were flaming you? Fuego del Sol took you guys to somewhere. Like, you guys are just trash. Stop it. Just be nice to people, man. Like, that beef shit ain't going to get nothing for you but more beef, bro. It doesn't work for yeah. you. Exactly. Hey, we got a bunch of super chats uh, that have missed, so I got to scroll all the way back um, to to get a few of these. Only uh, dirt sheets we fuck with on here is dirt sheet dad, Will's dad, dirt because he got all the Ring of Honor news. Yeah, Maybe that, let's go. yeah, that's that's the one. There he said, is. Gonna need, gonna need uh, I'm a dirt sheet dad T-shirt. Also, your dad is right. Ring of Honor has always looked like it's filled in a coffin. <laughs> that's just a <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fact, bro. Turn uh, some lights oh, on. Man. Do so. I don't know what's going on here. Bro. <laughs> Shout out to Hannah. Uh, she said, we wanted fans back and they've done nothing but try to make us regret bring that Bring back the Thunderdome in every arena. Again, I, I just... No, don't, don't bring back Thunderdome. No, no, no. Because I'll say this. Look, it really has been like, you know, we've seen already close to, what, 70-something shows already since things have been on the road. That's probably an exaggeration. But there's been a lot of shows since people have been on the road. And there's maybe been like five fan incidents. Like, ultimately, I still love the roar of the crowd. I still love the, the – there. there is something about it that – Man, if you try to make me watch anything from the Thunderdome or Empty Daily's place again, I just like get the, there's this feeling in the pit of my stomach of like I don't want this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like especially the uh, the Thunderdome 
uh, is just like a visual nightmare. And, yeah, I and, just I don't know, man. I I do uh, agree that fans being bring fans back, you bring all of the negative back with mm-hmm. the fans as well. But I feel like you have to accept the positives with it as well. Yeah. Um, it's just I don't know, man. Stop being annoying, man. Like the you, fans that are being annoying, you know who you are. Stop being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Alex. Uh, it's a Barclay security is trash. No matter the super event. trash for that. I've only been to one event at Barclays, and it was uh, I think oh this bad boy here NXT Takeover. Look at that man. Um, Pristine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's one of the. Uh, it's got the little visual changer. I don't know hologram? if my camera picks it up. Yeah, it's a little hologram. Yeah, these these were cool tickets. Um, yeah, it's the only event I've ever been to at Barclays. Uh, and you were thinking of a, a place in New York would have better security. This is New York, man. Y'all don't be playing around. Y'all don't play around. A bunch of wild stuff happens over here. Come on, ho. What are you doing? Like, yeah, you, you ho, letting this happen? Throw up <laughs> the rock and get somebody out there, bro. Get somebody. And uh, Get Benny Twin... Siegel on uh, security or something. I don't know what's going on here. Van Twinblade says, Chicago almost hit Aubrey. Chicago is now heels. Boo, Chicago. Go. I mean, Chicago's kind of been the... heels, but they're cool uh, heels that d- we like. Delete that super chat. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, because, like, WWE used to approach Chicago like they were heels. I remember WrestleMania mm-hmm. 22. Uh, JR on commentary. Yeah, I'm sure he had the directive, but, like, as the crowd is booing John Cena, uh, at WrestleMania, and JR is like treating Cena like he triumphed over all these evil Chicagoans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the last lady says, is J- John Cena just proved that his Spaldings are bigger than anybody's in Chicago. <laughs> JR was beefing. Yeah. That's you, Phil. He was talking about hey, you, bro. Hey. John Cena had the bigger Spaldings that night. Um, and uh, Devon. Uh, Griffin says CM Punk and MJF promo is at 1.6 million views on YouTube. I know the two highest viewed things on YouTube this week are MJF and CM Punk and Dana Brooke winning the 24 seven title. Like those are, those are the only two things this week Dana. to cross 1 million views. <laughs> Flex appeal, bro. That's it. Uh, let's see. We got Mike. He says, Aubrey's tweet about how Cody always tells her, don't freak out if the belt comes back, has to silence the Cody isn't self-aware of people, right? Uh, I mean, oh. Tony Khan said uh, weeks ago that it's been a long time since Cody hasn't gotten the intended reaction. Um, right. And so... Cody Rhodes is uh, a smart wrestler. Everything what, what, he does yeah. is calculated. Nothing that he does is off the cuff. Listen, he's no. been... He's in the lab with this little notebook like, what can <laughs> he, I do tonight? I'm going to get them to throw my belt tonight. I'm going to get them to do what I want them to do. He's a smart guy. He'd be on some crazy stuff sometimes, but, I mean, all top guys are. What can he do, man? Yeah, uh, being in the building to see it, I just – yeah, I don't know. Uh, you say he thought Seth had the golden egg. Uh, golden egg. That was a water boy tackle, though. We do have to say yeah. that. He came <laughs> from yeah. – Boom! I mean, it was like it was such a good tackle that the cameraman followed it. The cameraman followed it down, not realizing this wasn't um, wrestling. The commentators like react to it for like one second. They're like, "Oh," and then they're like, "Oh." Yeah, they're (laughs) like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on, on, yeah, not the oh we talking about." So, um, (laughs) Tyrone the positive said, uh, "Wrestling media needs to hire goons." Just saying. Hey man, if um if if I made enough money in this thing to have goons, I would have goons, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, no listen, I wanted, 
I've wanted my entire life to be a supervillain and have goons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannah again, uh, shout out to Hannah. She said, but I always want people to tell me how many years they've watched wrestling to try and make my opinion invalid. <laughs> but it's how long have you been watching, Hannah? What's your favorite WrestleMania? Name three WrestleMania three matches right now right. and the time. You know what? Top five Bret Hart <laughs> matches or you're not a wrestling fan. <laughs> Listen, I, and I, they have to be my top five Bret Hart right, matches. Right, if they don't or, align to what I say. Yeah, yeah, if they don't align, then yeah, I, yeah, that's been like driving me crazy on Twitter when someone states, like, I guess it's because I do these lists, but someone will be like, Oh, my favorite Bret Hart matches are these five, my favorite, and then someone will be like, How could you forget? I said, These are my favorite Bret Hart <laughs> matches, not how could I forget what your favorite Bret Hart matches? It happens every single time. This is yeah. my favorite SummerSlam match. How could you yeah. forget, bro? I didn't, I'm saying for me, not for you. I didn't forget. This is I didn't fans, forget. <laughs> fans planning is absolutely a thing. I feel like fans get online and they feel like they have to explain to content creators what they don't know about wrestling. I've even watched them explain to wrestlers what they think wrestlers oh, don't know I've about wrestling. Yes. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> I've seen them explain to wrestlers how to take bumps, and the wrestlers like, no, this is Yo. how you do it. They're like, no, this person, th this is a wrestler explaining it to you. How are you arguing with them? I don't get this. I'm. What are you? What's going on here? Now, I, I will say this, though, that there's there's two sides to that, because um, I do feel like sometimes uh, wrestlers can get in this uh, in this headspace of explaining to fans how to watch it. And uh, I think both of those sides can kind of be wrong. Right. Like fans yeah. shouldn't necessarily uh, fans should never explain to a wrestler how to wrestle. At mm -hmm. the same time, though, sometimes you could be so on the other side of it for so long that uh, as a wrestler, you kind of forget what it's like to be a fan. Right. And sometimes it's like uh, also let fans kind of have their their joy of it and see it the way that they see it. They're not sure. they don't see it necessarily the same way you do because they're not mm -hmm. in the ring. Mm -hmm. And on that same token, like. I wouldn't necessarily expect a movie producer, even though some of them do, tell me how to watch a movie. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm a consumer. I don't know how to make movies. I do know how to watch them, but I don't know how to make them. It's not not something that I am there to do. I don't know how to make TV shows. Um, I do know how to make music. But um, at the same time, like, I don't know how to make certain types of music. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't necessarily want anybody explaining to me how to listen to it as much right. as uh, just, like, I wouldn't try to explain to anybody how to make it. So, like... On both ends of that, wrestlers like, yeah, everybody chill. Yeah, like don't <laughs> kind of get out of the idea of like telling fans like, oh, you're watching this match wrong. No, mm -hmm. actually, I'm not. I'm watching no. the match the way I watch a match because that's all I've ever done is watch matches. Um, and uh, that's 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 it with that. We got yeah, a few more. Critiquing is fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with critiquing things. I just think sometimes people get overboard with their opinions, man. Definitely. You don't have to be overbearing with your opinions. Uh, Tyrell says, I really enjoyed It Takes Two, but it definitely tries to pull out the heartstrings. Yeah, so... Um, oh, the it, it Takes Two to make a thing go right. <laughs> yeah, I like that song, too. It's either the Olsen Twins or that... Uh, is that Rob Bass? Uh, yeah, Rob Bass. Yeah, uh -huh, or yeah. Rob Bass. Well, and it's so funny, too, was uh, Billy, when I first told him about uh, It Takes Two, uh, because uh, so he takes breakdancing lessons, right? And so that's like a go-to song. Um, for class is It Takes Two by Rob Bass because the class is taught by dudes who grew up in the 80s. Yo, and... <laughs> Billy got it. Billy about to take your spot on the podcast. Soon enough, it's just going to be me. I, I just Bill want him to be like the. Look, uh, I wanted him 
And it's not so much that I want him to, to be a, a fly kid. He just kind of is. Uh, because, like, I wasn't. I was, <laughs> I, I, like, I was Urkel, right? So, like, right. I, 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 um, and, but on the other hand, like, my son is, like, just naturally way cooler than me. He plays Yeah, we liked wrestling. Like, we were nerds. Well, I yeah. get it, man. Like, it's hard to, like, like, you could try to be as cool as you want, but you're like, did you watch Raw last night? It's just all out the window. <laughs> We, we definitely need Billy to recreate that uh, uh, Alfonso Rivera commercial where he tried to teach people breakdancing with the, uh, with the cassette tape. Yeah. He needs to recreate that commercial. Yes. Oh, damn. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so with us playing that, it's just funny that, um, uh, shout out again to Tyrell talking about the uh, uh, the heartstrings. So, Chris didn't warn me till afterwards, and granted, he didn't know I was going to play this with my son. He thought I was going to play this with my wife. He was like, oh, so there's like a lot of mature themes in that, and then I don't know where you're at in the game yet, but it, it's going to take some turns. Because uh, like the plot of the game, um, for those who haven't played it, is that uh, it is uh, these parents who are getting divorced. They just they don't get along. They're having Yeesh. problems, blah, blah, blah. Right? This is a so, video game? Yeah. Uh, video games have and, changed yeah, and so it starts off with these parents they're like arguing like at each other's throats um as they walk in and then finally they're like you know what i want a divorce and like i'm glad you finally said it i'm done right and so they go in and talk to their daughter and they're like honey you know sometimes things happen uh and it's mommy and daddy have to have to part and so and she they're like, like also santa's not real let's just get everything <laughs> out the way let's just kill all your hopes and dreams there's no easter bunny there's no santa we're getting a divorce so she runs off in sadness and she's got these two dolls and she like wishes that her parents could like learn to work together and work things out and there are two dolls she made of her parents um and like she of course like a tear drops and falls on the dolls and all of a sudden the parents wake up inside the bodies of the dolls. So you're playing as the dolls and learning to work together. And... <laughs> what kind of, what, who made, who did drugs and made this video game? What happened? This is why GTA six will never come out. They're making these video games that are depressing, getting everybody depressed. Work on GTA six, bro. Why y'all putting out these sad video games? Got everybody at their house crying, playing Xbox. That's and like it, it does like start off really emotional. I have no idea how much more emotional it gets, but I hear it like really takes a turn. So I'm excited. Um, I guess all gamers are depressed and shit, so this yeah. makes sense. Hey, shout out to y'all, man. Protect your mental health. Play some video games. Actually, just kidding. There's a bunch of triggers in the video game. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> shout out to Phantom. Uh FTW said, Yeah, I heard Cornette's little speech about Sheeta versus Deeb and openly refusing to watch the match because of her race. Very frustrating. Yeah, that's where we're at. I'm not uh, talking about that guy anymore. It was yeah, an accident. Not talking, talking about, about we did we earlier. did enough, yeah. Uh <laughs> Jester Designs. Imagine if ROH and WWE swapped production styles. Uh we have Brent who said Thunderdome was an eyesore. Literally, it hurt the eyes to watch. Uh and Drew says uh after personally experiencing arthur ash i never want to see a thunderdome thunderdome or empty arena for any sports again uh it's tough right because it's not like the pandemic went away um yeah, and i'm like uh, that's not really up to us at this point yeah yeah uh so i hope not fingers crossed that we can continue to have these shows because i've enjoyed <laughs> going a good cry Reg. I, it's all funny <laughs> I, i've enjoyed going to shows i've enjoyed going to basketball games like it's all been fun i went to an nfl game this year 
I would love to continue doing that, but I do recognize that if we have to, we have to. Uh, Van Twinblade says, I must now start beef with Phil. Uh, Blues, uh, greater than Hawks, St. Louis, hashtag. I don't watch hockey. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, your beef is you don't have a basketball team. Oh, nice. oh. That's real beef. Uh, and... Uh, Brent, again, uh, said, speaking of gaming, Phil, how is Mass Effect going? Mass Effect is great. Um, it's one of those things, cause I'm, because I'm old and I've realized I'm old and washed now, um, <laughs> that like on, on Black Friday, usually I would go and buy like a ton of electronics and like look for what games are on sale. And I did this year, this year, but I am like, oh man, Mass Effect is on sale. You could buy the whole trilogy and get it pretty cheap. I was like, sold. And so that's what I've been playing a lot lately is Mass Effect. Nice. Yeah, I've been, you know, what's funny is I actually, I got really excited. Um, as you tell, I, I have an Xbox. Um, when they announced all the backwards compatibility stuff uh, at the, the Xbox 20 presentation, um, I had been sitting on this copy of Max Payne 3 since it came out, it came out in 2012, never opened it, right? And then, of course, uh, all the consoles came out the PS4 and the Xbox One weren't backwards compatible. So then this copy of Max Payne 3 just kind of sat off to the side. And then they added backwards compatibility to the uh, Xbox One, but Max Payne was never in it. And so this copy just literally sat unopened since 2012. And then literally a week and a half ago, they announced, hey, guess what's backwards compatible now? Finally, two consoles later, Xbox One se- or Xbox Series X. Max Payne, all three of them backwards compatible. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to open this copy and finally play it. And so I popped in Max Payne 3. And I've been playing Max Payne 3. I get it, it's a nine-year-old game. But I have had a shrink-wrapped copy since it came out. And it's actually pretty okay so far. I'm not that far in. I've probably given it like two hours so far. But that's currently what I'm playing. Uh, So, hey, let's get back into some wrestling, though, because we're finally caught up on Super Chats. All right, here we go. The one. CM Punk and MJF finally did it. They had their verbal joust to open up Dynamite. Uh, and Phil was in the building. And it was it was a sight to behold. Uh, because I, I think this was the thing everybody was waiting for. People wanted to hear CM Punk finally ro- uh, roast somebody. And we've also wanted to see MJF go up against somebody who's known for roasting people. And we got it. MJF and CM Punk. What did you guys think? Oh, man. I thought it was great. I mean, of course, partially biased because I was there. I'm a CM Punk fan. Chicago. Um, all the elements were hey, right. What's on your shirt there, Philip? CM Punk, man. <laughs> straight as superstar, bro. Uh, um, no, I, I just... I don't know, man. Like I, the second CM Punk got there, I was like, they've got to do the MJF feud. That's the obvious feud. And so, like, I'm surprised that they're doing it this soon. I mean, really, if we're gonna talk about CM Punk being there, CM Punk's only been there what two months now. He got there in... almost three, yeah, a little over three, because it was almost August twentieth. So almost. three months and seven days. Almost three months, and he's done four shows in Chicago. I've been at all four. Um, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I didn't even think about that, but holy wow. shit! He, he's done four shows in Chicago, and and he's—I mean—in that time, he gave us the debut, he gave us the pay-per-view match, and he gave us the promo here with MJF. 
all within a span of three months. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I'll say this. Uh, I, I appreciate the little details here because, like, one of my biggest beefs with um, Monday Night Raw when they open up with like a promo like this is. What were y'all going to do otherwise? Like, you know, when somebody comes out and they have like a back and forth, like uh, Drew McIntyre, I guess we're not there anymore, but I guess Big E will open up Raw and then he's interrupted by uh, Kevin Owens and then they go back and forth and then general manager comes out and is like, well, tonight we're going to see you versus you. And I just think like, what was this going to be otherwise? Like, logically, if I take off my... Uh, I know wrestling's fake uh, goggles. What was the main event of this show going to be if uh, this wasn't? Right, this so you went into place? the show without a main event. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, what? What was this segment going to be? What was Big E planned to do if he didn't just get interrupted? Was he just going to talk? Was he just going to be like, "Welcome everybody, all right, bye"? Uh, if he had gotten interrupted, like little things like that. So I appreciate the idea because a lot of people were asking well why did you even set up the QT Marshall match and like well I appreciate the little detail of CM Punk needed a reason to be out there mm-hmm. and uh because what was it going to be otherwise is just going to stand there and just be like all right guys bye it's, it's hey, Chicago. I'm, I'm happy to be here again yeah wow. like <laughs> there, needed, there needed to be a little bit of something of like why he would be there in the first place and then yeah. get caught off guard of like oh mjf is interrupting me when i'm just coming out here to have my damn match um and so you know you kind of create the logic of uh so i'm reading the chat right now but uh and there's some funny shit being said uh but i just appreciate the little logic of hey cm punk has a reason to be out here but he's been cut off by MJF. So just that mm-hmm. little detail is one of those things that I appreciate. Um, and I also do appreciate that uh, if you're going to do something like this, which is a 20-minute uh, promo between two people, don't go to that well too often. And I also yeah. do, did appreciate that uh, it was something that was rare for AEW. And Ooh. there's a lot of shit said. Um, that said, this wasn't entirely for everybody mm-hmm. such as reg <laughs> <laughs> oh, you no, know reg, initially like when it? it was happening i liked it i was like okay i like what this is happening and i like that this is happening but then when it's over and it's 5 30 and we've wasted 30 minutes and we only have three hours of wrestling a week and we rest wasted 30 minutes on one promo segment i can't i don't give a, i don't care what company it is i just like wrestling in the ring so much that a 20 minute promo i don't triple h has destroyed them for me so anybody that ever does them anybody that starts a show with a 20 minute promo i'm like it could be my mom coming out for a 20 minute promo i'm like mom i don't care leave me alone this is like (laughs) i it's just i'm just so stuck in that i know it's Vince McMahon head but it is and like even if you do great things i'm still going to be like well we could have been watching someone else wrestle for 15 of these minutes let's just cut this in half get to the point. We know what's going on here. We don't have to just do it. I mean, I understand. I liked it. I like what they did there. I like that MJF got to go toe to toe with this hero, man. I was just watching an MJF documentary legit like five days before it. And he's in his room. He has that little picture of CM Punk. And he's like, oh, that's just me and CM Punk. And he's so happy, you know, that he was having the greatest time of his life. 
CM Punk got to be in his element. They all had a great time. But 30 minutes wasted away on a two-hour show is insane when you have a roster that's crazy, when you have a bunch of women wrestlers that don't get any shine, when you have a bunch of black wrestlers that aren't out here. There could have just been half of this accomplished in the time. We could have had a different segment. This show, uh, uh, there was a, a couple of things during Dynamite that I didn't like. And I like this, but I also didn't like it, if you feel what I'm saying. I, I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> I know, I know, of course. <laughs> I love, I love and it. I, and just... the funny thing is I was thinking like a 30 minutes, like if I go to a show, I don't want to see a 30 minute promo. I Like I said, I don't care if my mom is doing it. I don't want to see 30 minutes of a promo if I paid to come and watch a show. But you were there and you enjoyed it. So everybody's different. There are certain smart things that they did here. Um, I mean, first of all, Having him come out and and interrupt MJF last week and setting up the promo this week, so everyone basically knew they were going to do the promo in Chicago. Again, mm-hmm. just having this guy have his debut in Chicago. By the way, first GTS since he's been back, also in Chicago. Um, all of this stuff in the span of three months and like going like, all right, I know this is going to do what it does. Like maybe that same twenty minute promo wouldn't have hit the same somewhere else. But this is Chicago. Like him right. doing it here is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely understand not wanting to see long promos. That's not something AEW does. But we're talking about you've got the guy in your company who's considered the best talker in your company and a right. guy that at the time where he came from was considered the best talker where he was in a ring. Like this, is, this isn't just, you know, any long promo. These are guys that are considered top echelon talkers. I get it. Yeah. Um, I just want, I just have a question of where's when are they going to do the match? If the match is in five months, like, yo, I don't need a 20-minute promo now because you guys got five months to build this. There- this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's so many elements, there's so many questions. Um, I'm interested. I like it. I think this it was is great. one I of think those they achieved what they needed to achieve for sure. They could have done it in matches. 10 minutes though, because they're both really good <laughs> at what they do. They could have said, they could have started the show five o'clock and they could have been going at it in the ring. I also think, honestly, they could have did this promo on not on camera. Somebody recorded and then it would have spread like the same way online. You could achieve the same thing a different way. I think you can. I think I don't you, know if I agree with that part because I don't. I don't think you have the same energy in the building if you just do this as a backstage back and forth. No, no, no. I'm saying still do it in the ring in front of the crowd, but it's not during Dynamite. Like, it's after the show. And then it'll still spread like wildfire. We still have the promo, still have the YouTube, we still have everything, but we got 30 minutes of Dynamite to do something else. It's kind of the same adage of starting Rampage with Punk on his Mm -hmm. debut. It's like, you're you're at the height of the energy when you come in. Like, everybody's excited for what they're going to do, and that was the first thing they got. Like if if that's after the show when everybody has kind of exhausted their energy cheering on other things all show, I don't think it would have the same reaction in the building at least. Uh, I so like I I'm with Phil on this because I do feel like there was uh, there's something about the energy of it and there was something mm-hmm. about 
Um, because it almost had like a tune in to watch this kind of feel because like right. my brother messaged me and he's like hey are you watching this right now and i was like of course i'm watching it um but uh i feel like it did have that moment of oh my god we're finally getting these two these two guys who are known for uh for being verbal guys mm-hmm. and we're finally getting these two in the ring uh and this is what they are known for mm-hmm. um now I do agree that it was a little too long. I thought MJF uh, kind of went in circles a little bit mm-hmm. and like was almost like reaching in a bag of like, oh, let me pull out another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I did think it went on a little bit longer than it needed to. I think it probably would have felt shorter if QT Marshall just came in and got GTS'd. Right. Uh, one, two, three, we're yeah. done. Like then this segment didn't go an entire promo, then match, commercial break, come back finish the match right. and like we did take up a half an hour of this show on cm punk and there's other things i probably wanted to see but uh, i thought all the jabs hit uh you know <laughs> i even thought that mjf throwing the the ufc shade and all cm punk's response to it was uh oh that was a low-hanging fruit and then moved on and it's like yeah, but you've never addressed that on TV. Like we haven't really talked about it. <laughs> we Let's haven't talk really talked about, about it. it. And like, <laughs> it's a good jab still. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a low hanging fruit for that because like CM Punk hasn't like every wrestler is going to say that because that's like wrestling one hundred and one. Like you got beat up, dude. I saw you get beat up. I'm going to do it again. Every wrestler is going to bring that up forever because yeah. that's <laughs> it's what it is. You know what I mean? They yeah. couldn't say that's a Brock Lesnar because he only got beat up like once or twice and it was mm-hmm. different, you know? Yeah. And even still, some people have, uh, yeah. and it's just, and the comeback to that is, I mean, well then show up then. And, right. uh, and then Brock hey, kicks you, your ass. You could do what Brock did and just have, um, the guy that beat you in UFC come to WWE just so you can get their win back and then he disappears. <laughs> that's Hogan 101. Yeah, that's Hogan 101. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it Hogan style. Mm-hmm. No, but um, I thought the jabs were good. I, you know, a lot of people, especially AEW critics, were down on um, AEW bringing up uh, WWE guys. You right. know, they threw the shots at Miz. Uh, it wasn't even a shot at Miz. He called MJF uh, less famous Miz. Um, and... Uh, then they brought up John Cena and brought up Triple H and all of that stuff. But the, like, the reason that I don't think it's the reason why they shouldn't be mad is because these are things I've heard online before. Like I've heard right. these exactly. fans, these same fans say that. So it's like, well, how are you mad at what you yeah. said? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand people that get mad at that because I think they're making it singularly about WWE. I don't mm-hmm. think anything in that promo meant, oh, we're taking the shots and we're mentioning WWE in our programming. Mm-hmm. I think AEW excels at rewarding wrestling fans for being wrestling fans. And if you watched CM Punk on WWE, if you watched him at Ring of Honor, they always mention that stuff. Like they mentioned New Japan as well. They mention all of this stuff because. Right. They don't they don't act like they're the only wrestling company exactly. and we're not gonna mention anything outside our walls like some people do. Well, and that's where I'll agree with something Chris Jericho said. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> uh, I know, right? No, don't just isolate that statement. But mm-hmm. um <laughs> but uh Jericho one time was asked about why he referenced the Mike Tyson stuff uh in AEW programming when it happened on Raw. And he said I don't care where it happened. It happened in my career. 
So uh, at the end of the day, he's like, it's not a Raw story. That's not a WWE story. That's my story. Like, I didn't just start existing in AEW. And wrestling and like, fans aren't dumb also. Like, we know, I know that CM Punk was in WWE. I know that Chris Jericho is in WWE. So if you mention WWE, I saw it. I, it like, yeah. don't be trying to be all like, oh, what? Don't mention. We know what you're talking about, dude. Don't like, and, they're and, not insulting our intelligence, which, which is great. And I agree with that because I feel like, look, these guys did come from other places. They have been other places. AEW has only existed for two years. This mm-hmm. isn't a company that can't afford to only acknowledge its own history because they right. don't have any. Exactly. Uh, like, uh, you didn't conjure MJF. Or, uh, MJF kind of did. But uh, you didn't conjure uh, CM Punk out of thin air. Like, this is a guy who is a veteran. Where did the rest of his career exist? Who mm-hmm. does the rest of his career exist with? And the thing is, also, yeah. Those shots work when you right. hear that kind of stuff. People go, exactly. oh, like at the end of the day, there is no harm in uh, getting pops out of people and getting reactions out of people. And this kind of stuff did get reactions out of people um, like Miz ain't mad uh, yeah. that he got mentioned. Uh, he's yeah, the cool I, one in this thing that, that he's saying he's cool. Like, yeah, mention <laughs> me again, bro. I want to be mentioned I mean, on if, every wrestling show. If, if, if it gets heat on Miz, that's. Miz is a heel. Exactly. I mean, that's what he wants. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. Um, I I think people looking at this as a bad thing of, oh, don't mention stuff from here. Don't mention. I mean, imagine if we could get WWE to mention Bullet Club on mm-hmm. WWE programming. That's something we want. So why mm-hmm. are we mad when AEW mentions things from other companies that they should mention? And right. I mean, I don't know. I just think people are so stuck in, stop taking shots at WWE. Oh. Like, I it's, and they weren't even shots is, at WWE. Like they weren't. They weren't they, shots like, at, at WWE. the end of the day. They, they were shots Miz. at the person he was talking to. Like right. the, exactly. saying that your less famous Miz isn't a shot at Miz. That's a shot at MJF. Right. Uh, exactly. Saying that CM Punk, you're becoming John Cena. Like that's not a shot at John Cena. That is a mm-hmm. shot at CM Punk and mm-hmm. things that CM Punk was against ten years ago. Uh, saying that the only way that you'll ever be number one around here is if you marry. I guess that's a dollar <laughs> shot at Triple H. That was but, a shot at Triple H for sure. That's a shot at Triple H. <laughs> He's gonna uh, but, catch one though. They yeah. they be, they're beefing for but, real. But yeah. I mean, the 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 punk thing. The whole purpose of the his last feud with Eddie Kingston is to make punk look like a hypocrite. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't MJF bring that up? That's a part mm-hmm. of their storytelling they've been doing. Right now, that does bring up a question though, because I saw Reg that you had uh, the opinion one way. This promo or the punk and Eddie Kingston promo? Phil, I'll let you go for it. That's not a fair question. I said, is Eddie Kingston a better promo than MJF? That's where I got to. Oh, a lot yeah. of people were well, saying, for, for certain, I like right. Eddie Kingston's stuff better that he did this Oh, year. I thought you meant, was this promo better or who is a better promo? If no, but I, yeah, I said whose promo. Will was saying, is this better than that? Um, I think Kingston's a better talker than MJF for sure. Right. Um, but in terms of which of those promos was better, I don't know, man. Because I I do feel like in some ways um, they did more with less, uh, meaning Punk and Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you can't just count me being in the building and certain things right. to go into it. Like yeah. it's it's hard for me to just be like, no, that was absolutely better. Um, I don't know. I, I right now I feel like Punk MJF probably gets the edge for me. I like the Kingston thing because it 
I want to see, I wanted to see them fight immediately. This CM Punk and MJF is like, we're going to build, we're going to build, we're going to build. After the Punk and Kingston promo is like, fight tonight. I want to see you guys brawl. But this other promo is like, we want to see more. We want to see where the story develops. It's different. They're two different Yeah, they're, they're, they're different. Very different. Uh, I think that we end up getting at least two matches out of it. I, I think I don't see this ending before Revolution, but I also right. don't see them holding off on the match till Revolution. I mean, they've done it before with MJF. They did. MJF and Cody started right after Full Gear, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have the match till Revolution. But they did everything they could to keep that shit going as long as they could. They had the the five labors. uh, Actually, they did that twice, right? Because they did the five labors of Jericho, and they did the five labors of Cody, where Cody had to um, go through the five things and get lashes and all of that. They did all that shit to finally get to the match with MJF and Cody. I don't know if you can do that again. I think you probably have to pay it off one time Mm -hmm. uh, or do it once and then maybe have some kind of but damn, five labors of CM Punk would be pretty good, though. That's the only (laughs) thing that's awful about is like, damn, that would be good. I mean, they have a lot of angles to take. I do think we're getting Punk Warlow before that. I feel like that's probably going to happen. Oh, yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, well, it's just a lot of time because what the rumor for Revolution is March 6th and we're Mm. still in November. So, like, holy crap, that's Mm. three whole months. Yeah, you could do it at New Year's Smash. You can, yeah, and then, then not at Winter is Coming, though. That's way too soon. Yeah, Winter is Coming. What that's that's just week after next. That's that's December 15th. 15th, Um, Oh, I have to miss that. I'll be at the Nuggets game. I won free tickets. Oh, let's go, baby. <laughs> they heard, they heard that you win, and they were like, hey, somehow get this guy tickets, because every time he's in the building, we be No, there. okay, you know what, though? Uh, <laughs> I mean, when I say I won tickets, it's like, so my boss has uh, has season tickets that are in the box, courtside, and just like some, he's just got season tickets all over the building, right? So... It's one of those things where he likes to make sure his employees are like actually working or paying attention. So he'll send out an email every couple of days, and it'll just be like, tenth response to this email gets my tickets for this game." Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's like one of those, "Hey, are you paying attention? Because you could be winning at work if you're actually like focused on your work. Because the only way you'd see that is if." Well, if you're smart enough to have your emails on your phone. Um, I mean, so... if, if there's nugget tickets in my email, I'm gonna have. Five notifications on <laughs> right. every time. But so you gotta be that. smart about it, right? Because it's always he always picks a random number. He'll be like, 16th response to this gets it. So I'm like, okay, gotta pause and wait a couple minutes or a couple seconds, because I don't want to be too early. I don't want to be too late. And yeah, I want them though. Uh so actually these particular tickets, Eric Brady won for me. So shout out to Eric Brady, uh RBR, uh my former RBR co-host. Um, so I, I very much appreciate those. Thank you, Eric. Uh but yeah, so I have to miss winter is coming. Um but anyway, super chats. Uh got Tremaine saying, I enjoyed the promo, but when did being called the Miz uh when is that when did that become an insult? Um Miz is cool. Eh, uh, depends on who you ask. I'm like, um, what kind of cool also, are we talking about? He's kind of a dork, but uh, I, but and I mean that in the wrestling sense. I mean that in right. the sense of like, which is weird too, because if you've met that dude, that dude is big, right? And like, but like he's in real life, like his wife, like he's winning, like there's nothing yeah. dorky about and that, Like <laughs> only only pro wrestling could take somebody who's like in his shape and mm-hmm. be like, actually, he's a geek. But like right. you put, because like when he was on even like the real world or when he does like reunions and stuff or like you see him on a talk show and like he's like you know, 
so much bigger than everybody else on set um, when he's like on Jimmy Fallon and he just looks like he's just dwarfs Jimmy Fallon because he's a muscular dude. But then in WWE, it's like, nah, this guy's actually a geek. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's just weird to see. for so long. They just yeah. called him a geek so much when he debuted that forever he's a geek. But it's like, no, he's not really a geek. He stopped being a geek like 15 years ago. Like, yeah, it's been but, a long but time. Also, he <laughs> lost the title to Bobby Lashley in seconds, right? Right. Like, right. at the end of the day, like, this dude... Like he is portrayed as as a geek, no matter what. Well, I uh, mean, I don't think it's an insult, but you gotta look at Punk's history with Miz as well. Right. Like the reason he mm-hmm. would say that you're a less important Miz is because Miz is seen as an outsider to some wrestlers. He's mm-hmm. always gonna be seen as an outsider to some wrestlers, no matter what he does. And I don't think that's fair, but I do mm-hmm. think that somehow how wrestlers look at him. I mean, he's just on Dancing with Stars. He's right. he's seen as not just a wrestler. He's seen as an entertainer. Right. And I feel like that is exactly what MJF doesn't want to be. And so mm-hmm. it's a very pointed jab at, at him. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we got T. Daniel Barber says, MJF, CM Punk are probably the only guys in AEW that could go 20 minutes. That said, it took a long time. I mean, we just talked about Eddie Kingston. He could definitely stretch it out, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Night Tracks. Uh, the promo was more interesting than the QT match. Yeah, well, they I like mean, I said, you probably could have just like absolutely. go to sleep to him and that was it. QT, uh, man. <laughs> they got QT, they got and then they followed it up with the gun club. My bros, what are y'all doing? Yeah, come on, man. Had to had to uh had to send the my chop uh, evolution chart out there. Yeah. Um and then we had uh Punk's reaction to the Miz chant was legendary. Uh we had uh, yeah, and that was good too. Um Jay Blitz is the subtext of the entire story of Punk's AEW story is his legacy, people love him for, and his last uh that haunts on the flip side uh you have to mention it yeah uh yeah. and yep that's uh yeah what so the next are they gonna stop they're gonna say stop talking about being out for seven years like no that's a part I mean, of the story what do you want you, from us you knew mjf was coming with that you knew yeah. he was gonna say he peaked in 2011 like you you knew those were all jabs he was gonna come and the thing i think that was great about this segment is that Every time I felt like MJF kind of cornered him or I feel like Punk kind of said something about him, like, oh, you got him there, he would come back. Like, I feel like he would say something. It's like, oh, well, he's fighting back. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't ever felt like, I didn't feel like anybody came out on top of this. And that's what right. made it so great. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like either of them won this. Right. It was pretty even. And then we have uh, Probable Cause says, uh, I mean, I understand why Miz is looked at as a geek because it's not like he has matches to stand on as a body of work uh to stand on keeping it 100 big agree i couldn't even tell you a miz match right now if they put a gun to my head i'd be like uh, i mean yeah miz is, he miz lost to bobby great, lashley i don't know this <laughs> is a great character i don't think most people are going to look at him like oh you know he's this phenomenal um technical wrestler but mm-hmm. i think he's definitely one of the better characters in in the company over the last decade or so he's one I of think, the best wwe just like straight yeah. up wwe guys of all time you can't take that away from like, him. I, I do have an issue with how he's been presented in that um i feel like once you start somebody's evolution you shouldn't go back on it and i feel like mm-hmm. wwe did with him which is where like he did start as a geek but there was a point where he was starting to come off legitimate right mm-hmm. and that he was um like even 
in 2011 like he was starting to have more comp- he re- in the main event with john cena that was a competitive guy with our truth and he yeah. wasn't a geek and he was and that, cool and, and that was like, a competitive match right. right like he had competitive stuff and then 2016 when he like really took off and he had uh that intercontinental title run and then like the next year he they gave him the Miz Taraj and he was like having competitive matches with roman and stuff and it really felt like you were starting to elevate him and then like once he got put with morrison or back with Morrison is like, nah, he's a geek again. And, and uh, it's, it's so like, dumb because he has a TV show. Like, he, it's the opposite. They should be, like, leaning in on it. But they're like, no, actually, yeah. he's a big geek. The, the, the worst <laughs> thing they did with him was trying to make him a face with that with the Shane stuff. It just mm-hmm. didn't work. Because oh. everything mm-hmm. interesting about him is that you want to see, I, in some ways, he would make a good baby face because you want to see him continue to lose and finally get that win. But right. the thing that makes him so interesting is that he knows that he knows what the people in the back think of him. Mm-hmm. He knows what the crowd thinks of him in some ways. And he's just like, nope, nope, I'm going to continue to do it until I prove you wrong and right. not in an underdog way so I can rub it in your face. Right. That I'm exactly. Doing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. It, it, and I feel like that is a heel tendency. He's just not a baby face. He's not. He's not. You want to uh, see him talk about all of his accomplishment and rub it in our faces. That's the yeah, thing. You, you we love it about see, him. Yeah. You want to see him get come up into some point, too. Mm-hmm. So we had, uh, I guess, continuing on the topic, Phil, you were at Dynamite slash Rampage. So you had to see the gun club. How was Billy yeah. Gunn? So, I mean, you were in the Wintrust <laughs> Arena. I thought on TV that was a really cool looking arena. Like, it we was. had seen it for uh, Revolution, and that was the first uh, wrestling show done at Wintrust Arena. Uh, but this was the first Dynamite, and... Uh, and also in an era where AEW is lighting the crowd better than they were when they first started. Uh, yep. So you get to see more of the arena. I thought it was a really cool looking building um, on TV. Uh, how was Y'all it? Y'all were hot too. It was hot. Yeah. It started off. <laughs> Listen, Tony Khan, I want my $35 back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it was, um, first of all, like, I don't know people that are not in Chicago. Um, being able to just hop on a subway and get to a show and not having to make an entire trek all the way out to Hoffman Estates, I need it. I need more shows in the city. Um, I need less shows out in Rosemont or wherever else. That is not Chicago. I know everybody advertises that Chicago. That is not Chicago. Hoffman Estates is not Chicago. That's like 30 um, minutes outside Chicago. Exactly. It's not yeah, Chicago. Yeah. So I definitely like being able to get to and from a show a lot quicker, not having to worry about, oh, man, I got to make this long commute. Um, that was great. Um, I It's something about, I know people like that, you know, massiveness of getting to see shows in these huge stadiums and you know seeing the lights come on and seeing just how far the crowd goes up but there's also something about like seeing wrestling in intimate small venues Mm -hmm. and i feel like this venue was large enough because they do host basketball games there for college and wwnba well wnba but world wrestling nba (laughs) wnba you know sorry home, home of the you know WNBA champion, Chicago right. Sky. Um, but no, I, I, it's something about like smaller arenas and just how, I mean, you can see that with Allstate because Allstate's not a huge arena. Um, and it's just something about smaller arenas because it feels like the crowd is louder at certain points. It feels like you can hear all of the intimate chants in that place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what made it such a fun show. And I mean, it was a high crowd. I don't I don't feel like I rarely go to anything in Chicago where it's right. not a high crowd. I mean, yeah, Chicago's I've been a to, hotbed. Yeah, I've been to indie shows and I feel like it's it's loud in there cuz that's just that's how Chicago is. Chicago's a sports town. Um 
Yeah, I, so, I have a question about um, you've been to a couple of the ones that are Rampage and Dynamite. How is it with like the transition to the next show? Like, how's the crowd? How's every what's what's happening in here? I mean, I always feel like it's it's long because I feel like they film dark and then then Dynamite and right. then you have Rampage. So mm, I feel like you have to be prepared for a long undertaking when you come to these things sometimes. Mm. And that's why sometimes I don't really care about sitting through all of the dark matches. I know I'm going to watch them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just, it's long. It's, you got to be prepared for the slog of getting there at six and then leaving at whatever, 10 or 11. Um, uh, it's that's it's long. like WrestleMania size shows huh? every time. <laughs> yeah, crazy. but no, it, I thought it was a great show. I feel like it had its dips. Like, I mean, Following up that promo with a long QT match was a choice. I don't. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I felt like that could have been a lot shorter. Um, then following it with Gun Club was kind of like, all right, the Gun Club, I guess. Um, and I mean, the Darby stuff after the match was good. I mm -hmm. mean, I I personally like um, Bear Country. I think they're great. But me too. The, the Especially because they had such a good showing on Dark the uh, the night before. I that I wouldn't have had them lose after um, having either. that. Uh, showing the match from Orlando mm -hmm. it, uh, on Dark where they, they won pretty solidly and then cut that promo. And I thought that promo was good and had some good material. And I thought, okay, maybe Bear Country can go on a bit of a tear now. And nah, then man. they lost the gun club the next night. Right. Nah, seismic toss, toss is uh, super effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, nah, uh, I don't know, man. Like that, I feel like there were lows in the show, but I feel like it was mostly a fun show. Um, and I think that's mostly because the crowd was great. So, of course, I thought from the Darby moment on, by the way, it's crazy. From the Darby moment on, I thought the show was kind of on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like once it got to the women's match, I was yeah. I was glad that the crowd was very into the women's match. Mm -hmm. um, Thunder Rosa is the best. I mean, she's I she's over Rosa. anyway, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like there is a she can bring a crowd back on any show. Pretty much, she just her energy is something else, man. It yeah. blows my mind, by the way, because she is somebody that I consider to be. Um, especially for AEW, uh, a bit of a pandemic era act. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of questions about how over acts that were introduced during uh, the crowdless eras would be, right? And, yeah. like, a lot of people were, like, there was questions about her theme music, and they're like, is this right for her, blah, blah, blah. But, man, since crowds have been back, when that those opening drums hit, and the crowd just goes nuts mm -hmm. for Thunder Rosa, it, like, never fails. It She is... You could tell, too, if she's not going to be on Dynamite that week, they usually make sure she's the first act out for Dark. Because yes. and, I, and I've watched exactly why. When I went to, uh, or I've been to two Dynamites in the last year. And sure enough, uh, both times, we're all in our seats, and they're like, all right, it's time for Elevation. Dun, 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 dun. Rust, and crowd fucking loses it, right? <laughs> and then, uh, no, crowd, I, I they lose it and it's like it's the perfect way to get the crowd capped off right i mean to get them started and so in this case in chicago she was super over and but that wasn't a that's not a sign on jamie because jamie also had um a really good reaction out there yeah and i mean i i saw this firsthand i was in the hallway for the united center show when thunder rosa came out and <laughs> i can hear i can hear the pop for her all the way out in the hallway um mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, and I mean, I, I don't know if people understand, like, there's a huge contingency of, you know, um, Latino, Latina fans here. There's mm -hmm. a, you know, Latinx fan base here. And so I feel like when she came out, 
you can hear it. I mean, I, I feel like that was the same thing with the Lucha Bros um, when they won it all out. Um, like you could hear just how how loud the fans was behind them. And I feel like that was the same thing here. Um, so it was smart having her match here. I don't know if that was intentional, but it, it was smart. Right. Um, man, I it's so funny because I feel like as much as people hate Cody, the crowd is into booing Cody. And this right. is why I feel like Cody Heat is so interesting because the internet will tell you that nobody wants him here. And let me tell you, being in a crowd, it's not go away heat. People enjoy booing this man. And I mean, <laughs> this goes all the way into him throwing the throwing the belt into the crowd and, and getting started to throw it back chant, which was hilarious. I don't care. I, you know, I don't think Aubrey was intentionally hit with the belt. I know people mm-hmm. are like, oh, you guys hit Aubrey. I don't think she even was... said it didn't hit her. She said it looked like it did, but it hit the ropes. I right. mean, you can see how she reacted to it that, come on, man. Like, I think people made a bigger deal out of that than it needed to be. Um, but I think, again, I think all of that stuff was intentional. I think him throwing the belt in the crowd and people, you know, getting up to throw it back in and then Andrade taking the belt and throwing it, <laughs> throwing it under the ring. All of that stuff was great. I've seen people talk about just how great Pac is. You would have thought Pac was a nobody watching this thing loud mm. live because more people were invested in booing Cody. I don't know what that means, but it does mean something. Um, and that means I, we got to see Cody on our TV every week, Phil. That's what it means. And I mean, I was I was questionable about Cody main, main eventing and having the eight-man tag. And eight-man tag was one of the funnest parts of the, of the night because of all of the Cody heat around it. All, mm. It just being in that crowd and just booing Cody was fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and I mean, you could go into how when he got in there, everybody was having fun booing it. But it's not like people were trying to hijack the match because when he got out of the match and the Lucha Bros got in there, people were invested in the Lucha Bros. It's not like people were booing the Lucha Bros and the other baby faces. They were only booing Cody. I mean, you know, it's... I know people think it's an absurd comparison, but like, it's John Cena, man. Like this mm. was, this was, and, and no, I do. I think Cody is at John Cena's level. Not really. No. no. Um, but do I believe that uh, in the scope of AEW versus the scope of WWE, then are people treating it the same way of like, because it is that kind of that same idea where like people were screaming, look, we just think John Cena is corny and we want him to turn. Uh, and that was like what people were screaming all at the time uh, that he got booed for 10 years. Longer, <laughs> actually. But uh, so long. they never I feel like him. they weren't really like positive reactions until really just like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> but either I- way, it was it was a strong negative reaction for Cena. But. And while a lot of people claimed it was go away heat, and people were like, no, I just don't want to see him on my TV. That's why I'm booing him. But at the end of the day, like, you're reacting, and yeah, exactly. uh, and you're giving him this huge reaction, and you're making the atmosphere fun, and you're making it lively. And the only time that wrestling should ever deal with somebody needing to go away is if they're not generating anything at all. Like yeah, when I hear yeah. all the discussion around like Brian Cage, and people are like, well, what's the deal with Brian Cage? How come you're not using him? Nobody fucking cared. Like, it, when Brian Cage was on TV, you know, he faced, he's had, uh, in front of crowds, he had the two matches with Ricky Starks. Crowd was in Ricky Starks' favor both times. Now, granted, one of them was in uh, Ricky Starks' most known town of Austin, Texas. But the other one wasn't. People just like Ricky Starks better than Brian Cage. People don't care about Brian Cage. So, like, Brian hey, Cage ain't going to be on TV. 
On the hey, other hand, do, do you want Brian Cage in Team Taz or Dante? Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. I'm, I, I'm curious as to what's going on with that because uh, I have a feeling the two contracts plays some part in that. Maybe mm-hmm. one of them wasn't the real contract. Uh, what did he actually sign? And But either way, for the moment, Team Taz has a new member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, I thought it was a great twerp. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean all the way down to Ricky's face when he was watching him sign it, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything about that segment was great. Him taking the chip, it was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the same kind of emotion of the promo. At first, I was like, ah, so I had two different emotions. At first, I was like, oh, my God, Dante and Leo are broken up. They were a great de- tag team. And then my second emotion was like, oh, now Dante and Leo can wrestle, and I want to see that a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, oh, man, it's so – the Cody stuff is just so funny because it's just so weird because I don't even want to spend a whole bunch of time talking about Cody, but it just was so fascinating to watch it in person. Um, And I think this cemented for me, he's doing this on purpose. He is definitely playing into the heat. People that are like, oh, he doesn't want to turn because, you know, he doesn't want to be here. I don't think that's what's happening at all. I think he knows very well what's happening and he's playing into it. I mean, um, I think it was Cam that was saying that he got treated like um, Cena in front of the ECW crowd. And that mm-hmm. was a very apt comparison, all the way to him throwing Definitely. the belt in and it being thrown back. That's why I was like, all of this is intentional. Yeah. Af- after the after the match and it went dark, he got uh, he got DDT'd onto cement by Andrade mm-hmm. and the whole place cheered. And he just milked they it. The it you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he milked it the whole way. I was like, there's no way he's not doing this on purpose. No, he knows. And he knew that if he did that in Chicago, that that's the reaction that he's going to get. If I throw yeah. my belt to Chicago, they're going to throw it back because they are those type of fans. Yeah, there's their indie it. crowd. Like, mm-hmm. he knows, he knows where you, he is. Yep. And you know what the best thing is to me, too? Look, I know people hate it. And I think he should continue to do it because people hate it. But his entrance is so absurd. It is. Ridiculous. <laughs> the best part it's ridiculous. Is the it's reaction so it gets though. Lights go out. Like it's one of those things. It's it's like Cena, right? Where when Cena started to get cheered, when the opening note of his music hits, it sounds weird to me not hearing booze with it now. Mm. Uh to where like it sounds off. To the same deal when uh, I think I had like a wrestling playlist on the other day and the Cody prelude like came on my playlist just because it was uh... wrestling has more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but when that when that prelude hits, right, the the uh you know what I'm talking about when the, the chandelier is coming up. Um that came on this Spotify playlist and as soon as it hit, my brain wanted to hear booze. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, nah, this is the actual song. Right. But like you- I'm so used to it now. It's the same thing with like Adam Cole's music. I can't hear Adam Cole's music without wanting to hear the crowd singing along. And this is another one where I can't hear that opening to Cody's music without immediately thinking the crowd is going to shit on it. You weren't, you weren't waiting for Snoop to come in and go, holy moly. You know what's funny, too? I There is something about, you know, a lot of people are like, when did it start with Cody? When did fans start to despise him? That Snoop Dogg theme... I think I played hated a big part. I hated it. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it was... doesn't fit. Cody doesn't need us. Why was Cody have a Snoop theme song? That it's not just that, sense. but it didn't sound like a Snoop flow. It sounded like something that was written for Snoop, and he just like read it into his phone and then emailed it. <laughs> right. Because uh, like, 
<laughs> because, like, uh, what did he say? He said, there's no way you can slam me. Wrestling has more than one royal family. And it's like, oh, no, that ain't God. even a lie that Snoop Dogg thought of off the Stop top it, of it. <laughs> like, no, you know Snoop Dogg flows. You know what Snoop Dogg brings to the table. And you know that is something he would have never in his life said. You know yeah. he ain't never heard that phrase in his life. Uh, and, like, because the Sasha Banks one, like, that's very clearly he's just. You can never slam me. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, I the, can the definitely Snoop slam Cody, you, okay? The Snoop Cody thing nah, is terrible. Yeah, it's it was terrible. terrible and uh, I, I feel like that played into it. Hey, let's read some super chats. Tremaine says, Billy Gunn is 58 years old and looks ridiculous. Riff, it's huge. Ridiculous. Um, Jay Shell, shout out Jay Shell. She said, uh, Jamie has such an underrated theme. IMO, she does. I love that theme. Um, and shout out Mikey Ruckus on that. Uh, T Daniel Barber says, Would Cody still be in his spot without that a go go promo? Uh, uh, <laughs> I think it started before then. I yeah, think I think it, that, it, that was kind of sealed it. Yeah, if, if, if you track it back, I think he first started getting booed. Um, during the Revolution Ladder match, when he was milking it in Gorilla and everybody, yeah. you could see you could see people going like, "I'm tired of this." And mm -hmm. the thing with wrestling fans, especially in an arena, like chants are infectious. Once one person starts, and like this might people people that are really really tired of him, and they actually want to boo him. And once it catches on, it's on. And I feel like that was a thing in the arena on Wednesday. Once it mm -hmm. once the booze caught on, it was over. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ken says uh if cody does a full-on heel turn people will cheer because they'll finally get what they want same happened with heel roman he gets cheered i think heel roman benefited though from the thunderdome um yeah. because they were able to um give him the fake booze for a little while and they still are by the way they're still using thunderdome sounds especially mm -hmm. on smackdown mm -hmm. uh and like when raw's attendance is low you can like tell they're like all right finger on the button um and Let's see. Uh, I don't know if Cody's says, ever gonna do a full heel turn. I don't even know if that exists in in. I don't think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna continue on this, yeah. just like super right. heavy. Yeah. Shout out Tremaine says, "I just wish Akarashita was as over as Rosa. She's one of the. Uh, she's one of four champions and had the longest reign of all of them. She's really over though. Like, I mean, holy shit, a chance happened. Uh, every time she's out there. Last week with uh with." nyla rose she got chance uh like i don't think she's as over as thunder rosa i think there's something special about thunder rosa they definitely tapped into something with thunder rosa but that's okay some people aren't as over as other people but yeah. she's over that's not to say that hikaru she is not she gets good reactions in her matches with deep every time crowd was into shida mm -hmm. and i think uh i think if i were tony khan hey tony khan here's here's the here's a free one if i were tony khan uh and obviously, Sheeta versus Deep Three is on the horizon, and it's on the horizon without another pay per view coming up for another three months. I would go. I would let that main event, the Dynamite, it runs, whichever one it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheeta and Deep. I think it is big enough feeling. I think crowd was very into it last time. Um, I think or open it. Um, I would like to see it open just because I want to see them go without a commercial break in the AEW. Um, Opener always seems to go without a commercial break. So uh, either open or close with Sheet and Deep. I think you can, and I think it would get a phenomenal reaction. Yeah, I would love to see them get a big stipulation match similar to the Brit and Rosa match. I feel mm -hmm. like like them doing like a two out of three falls match or something like that. I yeah. think that would be great. Um, but yeah, I think the I think Sheeta. 
I think she does appreciate it in a different way than Rose. I don't think it's that some fans don't appreciate her. I think it's just different. It's um, different. Well, like Sheeta, and she still has my my tweet pinned uh, on her Twitter. Um, but the you know there was a crowd that was hugely there for um, for Britt Baker at Double or Nothing when I was there. And, but as soon as the match was over, whole crowd chants, "Thank you, Sheeta!" Uh, and I took a video of that and I posted it, and mm-hmm. um, Sheeta's, it's still Sheeta's pinned tweet. Um, because that was that was a touching reaction, right? It was like nobody was booing her that night when they wanted Brit to win. It was just like a we want Brit to it's win, time. but we still love Sheeta. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Brit won, crowd chants, "Thank you, Sheeta!" Like, uh, you can't of course, that. I didn't talk about this, but man, the fact that Punk keeps putting Britt Baker over is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that you know people love Brit the way they do. And they still understand what Riho's role is. When Riho came out, she is still a beloved baby face. Mm-hmm. And people still cheer, to, cheer for her, even though they like Britt Baker. And I feel like that I feel like that says something about how AEW builds their characters. Right. Um, like, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Rampage. But, yeah, because uh, yeah, there's three other matches you got to see after that. And Brian Danielson was there, too. You got to see Brian Danielson. You got to see him Woo-hoo. kick somebody's teeth out. Literally um, kicked out. Yeah, he literally kicked someone's teeth out of their head. Yeah, Classic that was Ryan cool. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry for Cold's teeth uh, or tooth, but yeah, he uh, yeah he played that up well. I was worried too, like uh, when he grabbed the tooth. I was like, now the ultimate heel thing to do would be to throw it. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> uh, but I get, but it's like, but I know he's also playing a heel, and he's mm-hmm. smart enough to hold on to it because Colt's gonna need that back. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, but that's that's like I said with the MJF thing, you know, planning planning to have that that promo in Chicago and then planning to have, you know, a beloved Chicago indie wrestler get his teeth kicked out in Chicago for Hill Heat is smart. It just is. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Brian, uh, and I love that he, he milked it because he knew what people were anticipating him saying when he was like, you know what I call that? I'm like, he's gonna say it. Say fickle. Say fickle. <laughs> he's like, he said it. Fickle. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he did it. Yeah, um, and, yeah. I don't know. I I thought that was weird. I've seen people like, oh, why is he mentioning W? Because it's his career. Just like when he did uh, the, he came up to Justin Roberts and adjusted his tie. When it's people not say that people Brian like Danielson is a as a WWE guy, it grinds my gears. Oh. Brian Danielson is not a WWE wrestler. Stop saying that. Let me tell you, Reg. As a matter of fact, I'm throwing it out there right now. Look, remember how I said I don't like beef with people, I beef with takes? Mm-hmm. Look, we are going to get the heads, folks. If I hear one person, the first person I see refer to Shane Strickland as a WWE guy. No. These right here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe come on. And you know what's going to happen. You know, they're going to say it. Yeah. Somebody's going to say, uh, they're like, oh, Shane Strickland, another WWE guy. No. Not. Don't. No, he's not. Say it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do no. it. No. Not at all. And uh, we will have beef if that is the case. Don't do it. Hey, man. It's going to be great, too. I can't hey. wait. <laughs> I-, I want the smoke on that one. You know I'll take the smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of wanting the smoke, I'm curious as to what we're going to generate with this next one. I mean, I-, I-, I don't think I will have the takes that some people think I'm going to have. But final one. Because it's been a topic uh, across the board. Everybody's been having this conversation. It's time for Grapsy to have this conversation as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Roman Reigns. We still feeling it? Roman Reigns, of course, turned heel uh, at SummerSlam 
2020. Uh, it was during the Thunderdome era. It was actually the first Thunderdome um, pay-per-view that he came out at, and he returned. Pretty much Roman Reigns was kind of the guy of the Thunderdome. Uh, it existed for him. Uh, and he got to kind of put the character together, and he became the tribal chief, the head of the table. Finally, some Roman Reigns catchphrases that caught on because he had a million others that didn't. Like, the big dog never really caught on. Remember when he was the guy? Uh, that didn't really catch on. He had I he had I can I will on a t shirt and then he didn't so he can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was there was there was a lot of Roman Reigns stuff that just didn't catch on. Um, one against all. What was that? Uh, <laughs> but finally he's got one. The tribal chief, head of the table. That stuff has caught on. He is a star. And you know what happens anytime something catches on in the WWE? We're going to shove it down your throats. We're going to make you (laughs) hate it. You like this? Well, good. You're going to hate it. You like pizza? Well, we're going to give you pizza every single night of your life at the same time at 8 p.m. to which you hate pizza. Roman Reigns is pizza (laughs) that you hate, bro. How do you force me to hate pizza? You did it here. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, So, Um, yeah. So the question is now, he he just had his Survivor Series match. Uh, a really quick shout out to Shanika. She said, "We're well, about to put up Dukes like Daniel Garcia." Mm-hmm. That boy Dan Garcia. Shout out Dan Garcia. Boy. Uh, but the question is, so looking out um, post Survivor Series, uh, a match that Roman Reigns really didn't need to win. Uh, Big E really needed that win more than Roman did. What uh, happened here? And. Because a lot of people have said, well, Roman needs to win. Roman can't afford to lose. But then that begs the question, then, is he as uh, strong as you think he is? Because in that case, if if he can't afford to lose, then there's still some fragility to him. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think that fragility exists. I disagree. I think Roman very much could have afforded to lose. I think it would have added to the idea that, oh, Roman is vulnerable. So there, because it's not like he's went, all those matches he's had won anyway, weren't clean wins. Uh, they all had interference from the Usos or Paul Heyman. That's Hayman what drives or, me crazy Or something else. This. So oh it's not like Roman's God. winning these matches clean. So somebody finally getting ahead of him wouldn't necessarily hurt him. And I think then you walk into, because they did this with Brock Lesnar. Remember when Brock Lesnar tapped out to, to Benoit at, um, Survivor Series 03 and the crowd's chanting, you tapped out on him. But what that immediately... We're going to have to go back and beat that man. <laughs> so what that immediately said, though, was, oh, the WWE champion is beatable. The WWE champion Brock Lesnar can be beat. So the question is, who's going to be the one to beat him now? Who's going to step up? Because we just saw that he can be beat. Who is it? The big show. And then, and then it was... John- <laughs> <laughs> because, because then, like, John Cena stepped up, and yeah, Benoit stepped up, Eddie stepped up, and Eddie ended up being the one to finally vanquish him but then but like i said you can do that and so i feel like with the story they're trying to tell yesterday of uh you know coming out of this battle royal who's going to be the one to challenge roman next i think you would have had more of a story there had roman been beaten by Big E because it's not like Big E gets to remain on smackdown so now it's okay roman's been beat who's next who's going to step up to beat somebody that now we know can be beat that's what i would have done uh, because and then, then Biggie uh, walks Roman could have been angry, like I'm. I want to beat somebody up because Biggie got one over on yeah. me. but not, instead he's just and, the same. Because then Biggie walked into Raw looking like, and eh, this is a guy who didn't beat Roman and is kind of struggling to beat um, Austin Theory. So, 
what, what are we doing here? Uh, uh, first of all, I'm going to bring my agenda to our podcast. I've been waiting a long time to bring this agenda <laughs> okay. to our podcast. Okay. Um, Seth Rollins is better than Roman. He always has been. Um, I'm sorry. I, and I mean, I feel like this week has kind of proved it. I feel like I said a few weeks ago when people were like, oh, Roman has the best new theme. No, he doesn't. Rollins has the best new theme. When we crowd sang along with it. When we saw the crowd singing along to it and him coming out and doing a dance. Listen. Rollins is more entertaining. Rollins I think Rollins coming, is better at every single. Aspect. Rollins, Rollins coming out and doing a. Mm-hmm. Rollins is the mm-hmm. man, bro. Like, and I mean, I feel like he's always been a better wrestler than him, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's finally getting the character stuff that mm-hmm. he's been missing for a long time. And I feel like you could go across the board with some of the all of the live pay per view matches. Who's had the better match at most of those shows? Who had the better match at WrestleMania? I think it was Rollins who had the better match at SummerSlam. I mean, I, I, I will say this about Roman matches. Roman matches, I'm not going to say they're bad, because they're not. They're not for me. Um, right. And I mean that, like, almost in general. I don't like the... Um, I'm not a fan of the monologues during matches. I'm not a, a fan of just, like, yeah. talking during matches. Um, I feel like, uh, like there's storytelling, and then there's just, like, telling a story. And I feel like he kind of just, like... It's it's too on the nose. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's extremely on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I will be the dissenter and say that uh, I like Seth as a performer. Um, but for whatever reason, there's something about Seth Rollins that has never clicked with me. It's the same. He Seth Rollins. I I can't believe I'm about to say this. There are two guys that have never really clicked with me, and they are Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. I don't. Okay. They like it's one of they're two guys who I like recognize their talent, but they have never clicked with me. Um, I actually think that Seth Rollins' current gimmick is like the lamest thing on television. Uh, I think I think the, I think the drip god stuff like drives me insane. Um, I because no human like acts like that, uh, and like it just he doesn't come off genuine to me. Uh, but that's me. Uh, he's not th- Y'all both thing. came out with the takes, takes, takes. Y'all, y'all here, don't like the shit. Here's my thing, though. I feel like Rollins, and you could say that his character is ludicrous. I feel like in the same way that you could say Omega's character is, is ludicrous. Like, he's it, a wrestling character. Like, I feel like he's a character that only works in the confines of wrestling. Um, but I feel like his feud with Edge was some of the best television that was on SmackDown. Like, I feel like even, like, because... SmackDown is the Roman show. I feel like for a few weeks after the Madison Square Garden show, especially the Edge feud with Rollins was the better thing on SmackDown. I think um, that, uh, like, especially match wise, I think that Edge and Rollins had better matches than Edge and Roman. I, as a matter of fact, I think yeah, Edge and Roman. I don't is, think it's close. Yeah, I don't even think Edge and Roman was really that good. It had like a good like ninety second stretch, but for the most part, um, it was only okay. Uh, I mean, whereas I think that Edge and Rollins like every time kind of delivered. I think they delivered at SummerSlam. I think they delivered at Madison Square Garden. And I think they're hell in a cell delivered. So, like, I, I, I think that Rollins is the more compelling performer. Um, as far as the character is concerned, I just, I don't really feel uh, Drip God Rollins, like, at all. <laughs> as a matter I of fact, mean, uh, here's a hot take. I don't think Rollins work. was doing as badly as a babyface as people thought. I think that he would just 
I don't either. I just think he was put up against The Fiend. And I think that he was put up against The Fiend at a bad time. But I actually thought Rollins as a babyface, I kind of prefer. I think that Rollins is an exciting performer. And I think that fans want to get behind him. And uh, I think if you just knew how to book a babyface right, Rollins would have been on fire. Uh, And he just didn't get to be. So I'm in now. Of course, me introducing my agenda is not, you know, <laughs> just to introduce my agenda. I just, I think Rollins is the man, but I say that to say that I feel like the WrestleMania match is going to be Brock versus Roman. I feel like yeah. it's pretty obvious at this point. And that's where we're and, going. And that's, and, it's just, yeah. Like, and so I don't feel like I dislike Roman right now. I still think Roman is doing the best work of his career right now, but mm, I feel yes. like where WWE has failed him is they have, they have basically let their viewers know that. They don't care about presenting us with interesting feuds for people that are there. Nope. All of his all of his marquee feuds are with people that are going to be there and then leave, like the Cena feud or the Brock feud. And I feel or like the just, Rock feud that they don't the, the Rock feud that they, keep, <laughs> that, that they seem like you know the fans want Edge to see. Edge is in a full time performance. That guy's got the Edge, yeah. the Edge yeah. one as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've done this thing twice where they have named a, a number one contender and they immediately devalued them as a contender by saying, look, this other guy, well, not this other guy, Brock Brock. is going to be the real story here. Mm -hmm. They did it with the Finn match, and they're doing it again with Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought about something. You're not just describing Tribal Chief Roman. You've described Roman's entire career. Uh, Because I was thinking about the fact that Roman, let's see, his first WrestleMania singles match was against Brock, non-full-timer. The following year, he faced Triple H. Also non-full-timer. Uh, he was part-time Triple H, so somebody who disappeared. The year after that was The Undertaker, a uh, guy who disappeared. One match a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they faced yeah. Brock again. Uh, again, a guy who disappeared. Um, and then we got a little reprieve. He did face Drew McIntyre. It's the one time. Um, but then other than that, they're go- and then he was going to face Goldberg at WrestleMania before he pulled out, but that was going to be the match. Their go-to for Roman, they don't trust their roster Right. to take on Roman when mm-hmm. it's matches that matter. It, it, the go-to for Roman Reigns seems to always be, and yes. whether he's a babyface or a heel, it's, okay, who can we bring in to face Roman, not who can yeah. we uh, use across the landscape? And I mean, mm-hmm. if I want to step back a little bit and show my shirt, who told you that was what they were doing all the way back in 2011 <laughs> right. on a podcast that y'all got mad at him for? But yeah. I won't get into that. Um, I I feel like the bigger issue with Biggie losing is not that Biggie really really needed this win to cement him as champion. I feel like it says a lot about how they how they do their pay per views. It's yes. like they have basically told us that the marquee match is not E versus Roman; it's mm-hmm. Rock versus Roman, mm-hmm. and so nobody believes anybody in between that mm-hmm. showdown is going to beat him. Nope. And right. so I feel like I and that goes back to why I brought my agenda to this. The WrestleMania match should be Roman versus Rollins. It should. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that is the match that we should be building to. I feel like people are so afraid to go, oh, they're going to make Rollins a babyface again. But I feel like all of the interest was there for a Rollins match, and they just right. completely went away from it. Right. They just were like, oh, well, you know, we got Brock or we got we got Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, use guys that you have here. I mean, Rollins has said that that's the last thing he hasn't done is main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the chance for him to main event of WrestleMania is, here. is with Roman. Mm-hmm. That should be the match. 
Uh, no, he got the building, close out, but he didn't forgot to have the main event match. You're right. They're building yeah. to freaking Brock Lesnar and Roman, and it's crazy. I watched the match on Sunday, and I when it happened, I didn't feel. I you know it's WWE. I don't really care about WWE, so it didn't really rank an emotion. But then when I saw somebody say, "Well, the fit the fit uh." Finn Balor had to turn into the demon and get knocked off of ropes and all this stuff to get defeated. Uh, Kevin Owens had to get beat up by the Usos, get locked up, all kind of stuff. Everything has happened to everybody else. But then he just straight loses clean, clean, no nothing. One, two, three, and he's out of here. And that's what I was saying before. Yeah. Like, it's not like those wins Roman had were clean wins. They're not wins that made Roman look like uh, invincible. They made Roman look like he's got the right protection. Mm -hmm. Um, the only time they seem concerned about having Roman like get the clean win is when it's somebody that should be getting the clean win. Right. Uh, and yeah, the, so Ken Shiro in the chat said, uh, honest question, who was elevated by feuding with Roman? KO, Cesaro, The Usos, McIntyre, King Woods, Big E, no anyone? Uh, I mean, the Usos, that, maybe. That is the issue I ultimately have with Roman's run currently. Who is it? Who... Is there somebody on the horizon or is Roman going to have like an eight year title run until like, you know, Sean said uh, on the, the Fightful Select podcast, um, the panel podcast they did um, last week, he mentioned how he believes that the person who eventually beats Roman is like Braun Breaker, right? Of like, uh, <laughs> of, build them for a while. Yeah, a while, a while, but if yeah. that's the case. We're talking a long way We're off. Talking about some years. <laughs> because, you know, when we talk about, like, Triple H's reign of terror, uh, where he was dominant for nine months. Uh, Gable he, Stevenson, yeah, that's what somebody said in the chat. Gable yeah. Stevenson, that, that could be somebody he, like that. He, he doesn't, he hasn't wrestled yet, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But, like, when Hunter had that run where he was on top uh, and dominant, before he eventually lost to uh, Batista, right? And then, like, it... it at least the thing that was happening alongside that reign of terror was that Batista was lying in wait mm -hmm. and we had Orton lying in wait mm -hmm. and we had Cena being built up over on SmackDown. There were guys being built up on the side. So when it finally came time, we knew who it was going to be. You could see it. You could see a year prior to WrestleMania 22 uh, that it was going to be Cena and Triple H. Like you just knew it. Um, and that was one thing I'll give them credit for that even as Hunter was having a dominant run, one, he still lost. Like, he lost tag matches all the time. He lost, he was pinned by Jeff Hardy a million times to make you feel like, oh, when Jeff Hardy finally challenges, Jeff Hardy's going to beat him. And then Jeff Hardy would lose. But the thing is, they had those guys ready so that you knew when it was time for Hunter to lose, you had an idea of who it was eventually going to be. I don't see who that person's going to be right now. Is it like right. Austin Theory? Uh, I don't know. Like, they I'm like, they but had guys, but they fed him yeah. to Roman too soon. They had mm -hmm. Balor right there and they fed him to Roman too soon. It's mm -hmm. the same thing with the E-match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking across the landscape and I'm like, I don't see who those guys are. I don't know who it's going to be. It's Brock. Yeah, it's Brock Lesnar. Tremaine said, uh, come on, y'all. The hair, beard, muscles, and the teeth. How could you not? Honestly, Vince can't stop booking the guy. Brock Lesnar is going to be guys. world champion. He's going to be the one that's <laughs> setting this guy up for Brock Lesnar, who doesn't need any. <sighs> he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ken, Ken says, Roman needed an active God to beat Finn, but good thing Biggie is a chump that he can beat yep. clean. The yeah, other yeah. world champion is just a dork. Uh, yeah, right. J Shell no, says no. Roman style worked best in the Thunderdome. I don't know if I would say that because I do feel like he got the intended reaction at WrestleMania, 
But the problem, like I said, it's not Roman. It's not Roman's act. All of his stuff is great, but I feel like everything that they've booked around it has mm-hmm. failed him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's him. Uh, we also have NWA Bad Blood. He said, this is Bad Blood from the Roundtable Pro Wrestling Podcast. And I agree. Seth is a better all-around worker. Roman is one-dimensional. Uh, look, uh, the, here's the thing. I'm just kind of... Like, I, I don't dislike the Roman stuff, um, but I am tired of it. I will yeah. say that... Uh, uh, shout out to Garrett Kitty, who always has hilarious takes. Uh, he posted a picture of um, Roman sitting backstage with the Usos and Paul Heyman, and it's just the question of what episode of SmackDown is this from? All of them. Like, it's, if I posted, if I showed you a picture of Roman Reigns standing in the middle of the ring uh, with, with Paul Heyman next to him and said, "This opened SmackDown," which episode? All of them. Yeah, every <laughs> one of them. Every one of them. Every Friday. This is how SmackDown starts each week. It is Roman standing in the ring with Paul Heyman at rings or Boring. next to him. And it's just Boring. like you have Same to have every week. You have to come up with some new ideas, come up with new ways to use the guy. Yeah, they that's use what that I as, they, they say that's cool, like, oh, this is Roman's show, but like not in a good way, you guys. Like I mean, need it to be yeah, give me some variety. And but I mean, and I that's why I said I think he is doing the best work of his career. I think towards the beginning of the year, I do think he was having the best storylines on SmackDown. But I mm-hmm. feel like it's grown stale because I feel like now he beat all the challenges. We, we do not believe any anybody can beat him they haven't set up mm-hmm. anybody as a believable threat to him um man the last time that i really bought in that somebody could actually beat him was the brian match mm-hmm. and i felt like even then you kind of knew brian was going to lose the match and go away but yeah. i feel like the match was just that good but again that's the thing that's daniel mm-hmm. bryan <laughs> like i mean who, who has bad matches with daniel bryan no so yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just – and that's, I'm not one of those guys that think the Roman matches are bad. I think he's had good matches this year. But I just think in terms of me being invested and feeling like the other opponent can win the match, I just never feel that way. And, I mean, the Big E match was good, but I never felt like E was going to win that match. Not for one second. Man, not, not for, for one second. I mean, I, I was hopeful. I was watching it like, come on, man. You have to give the win to Big E. You just have to. And – yeah, I and mean, then after the he hit the the big ending and Roman got the ropes, I was like, okay, I know where this is going. Right, um, and so, I and I and I will say this right quick because I see people that are immediately saying that the Biggie title reign is a failure because of that loss. It is not. I feel like he's mm-hmm. been treated better than most of the last WWE champions. Even when you compare mm-hmm. him to Kofi, for example, Kofi was not allowed to do the media appearances and do the outside stuff that E has been doing. And I kind of wonder if some of that is his own doing, but I don't know that for a fact, so I won't get into it. I think Big E is having the best run outside of the W... I mean, outside of TV than any champions had in in recent years. Yeah, And I think a big part of it is that Big E might be doing this on his own. I don't know. Right. Uh, we got a wrap soon, so I want to read these last three Super Chats. Uh, we got Alan who said, I think The Rock will be a distraction for Brock Roman uh, for WrestleMania to set up the next WrestleMania in Hollywood. I oh. mean, what is that a distraction like on the Titan Tron? He ain't going to be at that show. He hey, look up here. <laughs> hey, look up here, Roman. <laughs> uh, we got uh, King of Games. Uh, four or five says, "Did you all enjoy CM Punk's 434 day title reign?" I it had honestly, um, there were moments where it wasn't hitting, and the moments mm. where it was. Mm, uh, yeah. I think history is kinder to it uh, because of overall mostly delivered. But at the same time, I do think that it had moments where um, it kind of fell a little flat. 
I, I think uh, hot take with his with his reign. Um, when you look at like how it ended, it's kind of like the same thing with the Bulls in the Last Dance. I think it's miss. I think we we've, we've held that run up to what it is because it's always this what if of what he could have done next. Right. And I think him losing to the Rock the way he did made people so mad that they were like, no, his reign should have kept going. And I think some people are like that reign is better than it was because mm-hmm. we wanted it to keep going. He shouldn't have lost to the Rock. Right. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Mark uh, Losper says. Uh, says saying Roman is doing his best work isn't so much a compliment but rather an indictment on everything he's done before nothing about him is organic and I do feel like we're finally seeing the most organic I feel like it's we're finally seeing the most organic stuff of his career um whereas beforehand it did feel like uh they had just kind of jumped the gun on everything and then pulled back like it was like they wanted everything done quickly and then uh and then when they realized, oh, we acted too soon, let's not commit. They were so, like, hot and cold with Roman. Anyway, folks, this has been Grapsity. It's always fun talking with my dudes, Reg and Phil. Um, come back next week. We will be here at our normal time of New yep. Eastern, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are here at YouTube.com slash Fightful. Get the uh, PWI on Thursday. It's going to be a super insane great issue. That's all I can say right now. Just get it. I was going to say, do we have anything coming up this week? Uh, anybody that's. else doing anything fun? So that's what Reg has got going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing, I got a couple of podcasts that'll be on this week. I will say, <laughs> as much as I love Grapsity, um, I'm not going to spoil what it is, though I'm sure you guys can guess. But this coming week, uh, me and Denise Salcedo are going to record what I truly believe is going to be the greatest podcast of my entire life. Wow. That's it. That's all I'll say. Uh, So tune in for that. Mariah Carey Uh, has something to do with it. It has to, I'm guessing. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, and then Phil, what do you got going on? Um, I don't know. Do I have anything? Any pieces coming out? Um, I know I've, I've got an interview with uh, Baron and uh, Jonathan Gresham coming soon. Um, man, real quick, I just want to say thank you to everybody that listened last week. That, that was our most viewed episode. Which Bio, was this, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of people lot. that were first time listeners, first time viewers. Thank you for you know supporting. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, peace, y'all. And yeah, we got some um, we got some wrestler shout outs on that one too. So uh, that was. That's a good one. Uh, so, hey, join us next week. I'm always excited to get to talk with these guys. For Philip Lindsay and for Righteous Wretch, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.